I have to go in like 40 minutes. So we oh, should, we'll get this so. show on the road. Let's just roll into it. Hello, oh, everyone. I'm, and is welcome. this not the show? The show is live. It now is. I mean, yeah. we're recording, so we can just throw that crap in there. I, I'm editing this. I'll start it wherever I want. Like right here. Oh, this is episode number, what, 205, Steve. 205. Uh, I, I wound up on a good number because it starts. it ends in a five. That's true. Five's good. Uh, anyone who's been on a three or six or nine, you're, you're garbage, 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 garbage numbers. Sorry. Uh, this is going live for our patrons Monday, January tenth, twenty twenty-two. Uh, everyone Hi, else, patrons. January twelfth. Hello, patrons, and everyone else. Um, it's it's now again. I think a weekly show covering all the games. Me and Canada and the we're people who create them. Uh, this week we're joined by very special guest Adam Voice, active on Twitter, interacting with us, and generally just liked your vibe, Adam. And I was like, "Hey, Adam, want to come on the show?" And you're Pretty like, "Hey, cool. Steven, yeah, I do want to come on the I show." Get it. And I, you know what? I'm actually really happy for you guys. Um, Aww. Because today is a really special day because you guys get to meet me, and that's, that's true. <laughs> that's not many people like the. This is the first time you get to do that, and I wish I could be in your shoes because I am a delight. I, mean, I how love many the confidence. Are meet you today, right? Like, how many people? meet you every day we're we're in this like uh not not many anymore it used to be more it used to be like i had you know what i had just started trying to be like the most when the pandemic hit i was at at an age where it was like so i'm I'm 34 now Mm -hmm. um as of october and so i was at an age where i was starting to really reflect on like social interactions that are just like not not the big ones because I, it's like I've got those down pat. I've had thirty years to practice, mm-hmm. but but like little ones. So it was like I was at an age where I was like I'm gonna smile and ask how they're doing every time I go up to a cash register and stuff like that <laughs> now because I'm not like I want people to know that like you know the world doesn't always suck. You know it's like I know this person's not making much money, so I'm just gonna be nice to them. Um, like, I like that. Well, because like it's it you know it's it's like one of those things where. Um, cause it wasn't like I was going up and being like super rude to service people before. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, I was very kind of neutral, right? Like it was just like, I'm here for buying a thing. And it's like, yeah, but what if somebody smiled at you in the middle of the day and didn't tell you you had to smile, but it was just kind of nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It is. And nice. so I start, I started doing that and then the pandemic hit. And then two years later, I'm afraid of crowds. Oh no. Um, so it's just like, no, I can't, I don't smile at anybody anymore. I mean, even oh, if I no. was though, there's a mask. So yeah, you can't really, yeah, that's my thing. Because I, I feel like my general, um, like, neutral thing was sort of like a nod and smile whenever I would see someone or just whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, I, now I'm now i realizing that I, like, whenever I do that, I still do it. But all I'm really doing is just sort of, like, looking at someone as I, like, smile and, and nod. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, how weird do I look where I'm just sort of looking at someone and just, like, saying yes or something. You make, you make, you make eye contact and you're wearing a mask and then your eyes become intense for one second. <laughs> and then you go back to normal, and they're just like, "Cool, I don't know yeah. if this guy wants to stab me." It's like, what do you do? You just lick his lips? I don't know. I'm... <laughs> like in a big, like a big slow circular lick of the lips. Nope, nope, like, nope. Ooh. This show is dedicated to covering all the games from <laughs> Canada and the people who create them. Uh, this week, gentlemen, we will be discussing Backbone Two announced already. Marvel's Ooh. Avengers, can they save it? Uh, Deadlight, Dead by Daylight, getting a, a custom or no, a DLC from The Ring. You remember The Ring, um, and much more news as well as wish lists. What we've been playing a lot, uh, and in the regular rigmarole. Steve, love that word. Uh, shall we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. 
of Wait, course. Wait, should we like actually introduce Adam? Oh, oh yeah, that's a Just good idea, Steve. And stuff. Good job hosting <laughs> this stuff, Adam. Who are you? That's a tough question. Mm. Who who is anyone? If it helps, um, you, you sound I'm, a lot like Patton Oswalt. I don't know if you've I, yo, that. I was, I was <laughs> saying, I was thinking that I'm like this dude is Patton Oswalt for sure. You have the, you no, have, you do. It's, and it's a great to him too. And I, I mean this as a 100 percent pure compliment. You have a great podcast voice. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. Um, I I was not thinking Patton. I mean, I guess it's like when I think of myself, I'm thinking of like my face. Mm. So it's like that I see in the mirror. So when it's like just a voice, it's like, oh, this guy's Patton Oswalt. It's like that's huh. you sound like Pat, you sound like Patton Oswalt in the best because I look, I look nothing like, like him. No, so. <laughs> you not only just your voice, but like the way you're speaking and telling stories and stuff like that. I feel like I'm watching like Parks and Rec. It's good. No, it's good. Oh Listen. man, I, you know what? Patton Oswalt has a great stand-up bit where he talks about like My Little Pony and how his kid. I think he's he's basically saying like My kid likes My Little Pony. And I want to like the things my kid likes, but I can't. I can't get into another fandom. Mm. Um, and then he says, because the thing about My Little Pony is this. And then he he says like a bunch of like really in depth stuff from like the lore. And then he just stops and he's like, but I can't. I can't get into another fandom because like imagine imagine if I had to keep up on who has which sparkle transformations and just starts going. And he just tell he basically describes the in, the intricacies of the entire thing. I love and that. And just keeps stopping and being like, but no. It's a well researched joke. Yeah, it is. Well, I, yeah, that's the thing. Um, so if I sound like if if you're thinking of Parks and Rec, and I'm mm-hmm. just to say like you know the Fantastic Four are off Earth, and they you yes. know in the, in the script, and then they and then they you know this is how we bring the Marvel universe into the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it'll happen in our lifetimes. Okay. Oh just yeah, absolutely. Wait. I was I I'm try I wanted to. The thing is, I was trying to quote his little filibuster thing, and then like as I oh, started, oh no, it's the Starlack pit, and the best the, part is, the, yeah, the Boba Fett, Fett climbs out of yeah. the, the Starlack pit is, like he always should have. <laughs> I watched because the book of Boba Fett's now on Disney Plus, and if you yeah. take his uh p- or Patton Oswalt's pitch on Parks and Rec for how it should happen, and put it next to how it happens in the show, like. As he's talking, what he says happens in the show. Like, I watched he it was, side um, by side. I was like, that's incredible. I think he was, like, a producer on that first episode or a writer or something like that. Incredible. So I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a coincidence or whatever. So more yeah, I have, to, I have to assume that was the, like... Well, because the Parks and Rec thing, I think, was... It wasn't, it wasn't like, improv, but it wasn't, like, they scripted it. Like, he wrote that. No, no, he had a plan for Star Wars. And he is, yeah. he is a Star <clears throat> Wars fan. Um, but more relevant to our listeners' interests, you are a programmer slash developer yeah i do it all specifically Um, i'm a a, yeah i'm a solo game dev so i do you know art and uh, music and uh, voice acting and uh, uh, writing and testing and programming and i'm really trying to find ways to intelligently spend small budgets to cut down on the number of things i have to do at the moment Mm. and it's going pretty well it's so it's like um, I think the, the, the big key is if, if you're a game dev and you're listening, I'm about to open up a new world of, of opportunities for you. Open my when third eye, when, Adam. Yeah, when you're buying stuff, uh, prepare your pineal gland for okay. this. Okay, it's ready. I'm ready. <laughs> when you are trying to expand your ability to work, when you're trying mm-hmm. not to reinvent the wheel, don't just look at assets to buy, although those are good, mm-hmm. but look at tools. You want to mm. get tools that are going to cut your workflow down. Mm-hmm. And you want to get advice from people who know which tools suck, mm. so that you don't buy a crappy tool. What is the, in your opinion, greatest tool 
a starting game developer could get right now if they're in Unity, Unreal, anything. Just tell tell them what they need. The greatest starting tool a, 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 a an indie dev could get in Unity or Unreal or anything. Um. Oh, might be, I might be too big a question or, to be unprepared to, for. To, <laughs> or, or well, maybe or, since your advice was to not get one that sucks, what was what's the worst one? Yeah, what's the, <laughs> the, 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 the one worst one? Get? The worst. That's good because I've had some that I hated. Well, okay, so this is I'm a bad. See, this is the thing is that I'm a, probably a bad person to ask for that because mm-hmm. until very recently, I did not understand the appeal of Substance Painter. Okay. Um, because I, I basically, uh, I, ma- I mentioned earlier I have ADHD, so I skipped a lot of the lessons when I was supposed to be learning how to use Substance Painter. So I didn't really get what smart materials were or how they worked. Mm. And so when I would be going to, like, paint things and I would be like, oh, it has this smart materials thing, and I would drag and drop it. And then I wouldn't really understand, like, I, I un- so I knew about smart materials and I knew about... Um, no, I knew about smart materials and materials. I didn't know about masking properly, and so I would put it in, and then I wouldn't have a mask, and so I would just get this thing saying, like, you can't paint, and I'd be like, "That? why do people like this? And I would just kind of give up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then, you know, uh, a couple years ago, I got diagnosed, and I started taking pills that let me focus, and uh, I was like, ooh, ooh, this ooh. is nice. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to write a comic book. I'm not actually going to write a comic book, but I really want to write a comic book in which mild-mannered Adam Boyce can't do anything right, and then mm-hmm. he takes a pill and becomes Amphetamine. <laughs> that's funny. And, no, that's and good. Then, and, then, and then he's like, it's just it's just a guy in a superhero costume sitting at a desk. Typing. Doing work, and it's just like, <laughs> he just looks right out like, like a Deadpool moment, and he's just like, hey, I have been doing the same thing for 30 minutes, and I am cool with it. Yeah, I can cut this if you want to sit on that, because that's a good name for a superhero. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. Well, eh, maybe. I don't know. Okay, let me know. If someone's listening to this who isn't on this call, we didn't cut it. Um, But, Adam, we brought you here because as a game developer, as someone who's active in the Canadian game dev scene, uh, we wanted to have you on for one of our, our first real episode of 2022 to go through some jobs, some events, some news, and then talk about what we've been playing. Wishlist some games. And, uh, yeah, how's all how's all that sound? That sounds great. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Uh, at the top of the show, I want to again remind people they can support the Wet'suwet'en Land Defenders link at the top of the show notes. Put your money where your mouth is. Uh, and uh, yeah, fuck the uh, RCMP, I think. We're all generally in agreement on that one. <laughs> yeah. it's So one thing I'd love to point out about the about the RCMP, mm-hmm. if I could, for Absolutely. a moment, Take is that uh, in, in, in French, the French name for the RCMP is, I think it's just uh, Gendarmerie Royale du Canada. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so a gendarmerie or a gendarme is a police is there's there's it has a different connotation in French than English that is I think really important to just point out real quick huh. and that is it's both police and paramilitary. Mm. Um, so it's a, when you have a gendarmerie, you're talking about an army that also does policing of the general population. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, because they don't anywhere in the country that doesn't have like a, a local police station, the RCMP is the police there, which is like most of rural Canada. Yeah, yeah they're basically they're rural and remote regions. They're like domestic soldiers who show up to 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 you know crack skulls mm-hmm. is the idea. But they have this. But then you know was was Dudley Do Right an American show? <laughs> I don't, I don't was, know. It I was, was like just, a, I was just thinking that the guy it was Rocky and Rocky and Bullwinkle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that was American or not, but like the idea of, I feel like the idea of Dudley Do Right and see. stuff like that really. I mean, there was I when I was in elementary school, we had a children's book about the founding of the RCMP mm-hmm. that was just like you know it was five 
or six white guys in Mountie costumes, like like drawing like vector art drawings where they strip out the actual <laughs> features before that existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just it was five it was five brown haired white guys with mustaches mm-hmm. of varying heights in Mountie outfits standing there and talking about how they you know they really made it possible to unite the country. And oh, as, they, as an, as an adult, <laughs> as an adult, um, knowing about the whole genocide thing, mm-hmm. it's really like, it's crazy because like this was, these were soft, these were soft spoken elementary school librarians mm-hmm. who were very friendly and compassionate otherwise talking about, uh, you know, our jackboots going around trampling the indigenous population so that we could settle mm-hmm. and and but like in a very reverent way and it's just like that's really to think back on that and it's like uh it really undermines the idea of like warmth from a lot of adults oh yeah we, we've <laughs> been propagandized too pretty hard like i remember as a kid the the rcmp like ride along show thing was always hyped up at the fair every year it's like oh the, yeah. the rcmp are gonna do a little thing with some flags and and we'll all clap and i would go well, they got the horses and stuff yeah too, so. yeah they'll they'll you know little, you know why they're on horses tattoo. right they're they're on horses specifically uh the uh, whoever was prime minister during the winnipeg general strike gave them horses yeah. to better trample union workers yeah uh, the, 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 the that's why they're the on horses yeah the skulls of the proletariat don't deal well with hooves it turns no they don't and so now six-year-old steven in 2003 or four is you know sitting on clapping watching all these horsies ride around when it's a fascistic military police force it's weird and uh that's how they get you they get you that's how they get it's like so you're so you're thinking so like just to clarify when you're when you're thinking because i we didn't really have a lot of parades in london Mm. Um, when I was a kid, we have a Santa Claus parade, but it's really sad. Mm. Um, it's a few, it's, they, they don't even like dress the floats up as floats. They're just trucks, just trucks just, and cars. It's and... just pickup trucks and some <laughs> guys. <laughs> That's um, sad. it's, it's kind of, yeah, I think it's, I think it's like, I think we would have a lot more genuinely interesting stuff going on if we weren't so close to Toronto. Mm. Um, That's most of Ontario. Yeah. That's well, yeah. the pop populated Ontario. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, the, the idea of like. Because I remember, um, what was it? I, I was when I was younger. I went out uh, like when I when I was younger, like a decade ago. Mm, um, when you were my, my age. wife, yeah. When well, yeah, oh god, I'm so, I'm so trust, sorry. You know, it happens to me. This all call the time. is over. Um, <laughs> beep, so beep. yeah, this uh, when I was uh, you know just a just a strapping young lad who hadn't uh, eaten his way into depression yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I'm working I, on my it. wife, my, my wife and I had gone out like that then girlfriend, now wife had gone out to out East and we had basically driven from London to, uh, St. John's Newfoundland. Nice. And, uh, we, yeah, we took the ferry, not from, um, Sydney to, uh, St. John's, but from Sydney to Porto Basque. Mm. And then we had driven the trans Canada highway along through, through <coughs> Newfoundland. And, um, by the way, Newfoundland has signs that tell you how many people have died in moose crashes that year. That's fine. Um, that's, <laughs> it's like road signs. Yeah. So as it turns out, if you see, like, um, we got a call on the cell phone as we were, which was a flip phone at the time, uh, <laughs> as we were driving along in Newfoundland to to warn us to be like, so by the way, if you see a moose, like, don't don't keep driving. Like, you slow down, you stop the car, and you turn the lights off because mm-hmm. they will. What will happen is they will charge you. Mm-hmm. If they moose see the are, lights coming, they're not like, like way bigger than you think as well. Oh, it's like yeah, hitting a brick kind of, wall. 
Like they, they're, they're kind of like elephants that lost weight is what they are. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the reason they're massive. You get taught to swerve if they're above the hood. You know, like yeah, it's it's just hitting a brick wall. Yeah, it's yeah, like if they the, ram your car, they'll fuck you up. For they like sure. they'll, they'll, they'll like everyone in the car will be murdered, but the moose will be fine. The moose <laughs> yeah, might the moose chip, will just walk away. <laughs> the moose might chip one prong on its antler and be mm-hmm. like, oh well. I was always gonna. I was always gonna snap that bone off anyway. That was my least favorite prom. Yeah. <laughs> All that to say, uh, what, what were Do we saying? Guess. I was gonna talk about I'm jobs. sorry. Can I play I some people off topic a lot? I'm you sorry. do, and that's okay. I appreciate. This is gonna be a four-hour episode. It's it's, and it's it's funny yeah. because Steve has a hard out in like twenty-six minutes, and it's okay. I. It's funny though. No, don't worry about it, Adam. We play it Lucy it's it's and fine. Goosey on the KingGamers dot okay. podcast. All right. Uh, I'm gonna plug a job first. Uh, Butterware Studios is looking for a remote Unity slash Game Maker Studio developer um, for uh, possibly two months, maybe more. Uh, or at least two months, uh, however successful applicant will be retained for the next phases, yada yada. Um, yeah, they're looking on for someone to help work on a Punch-Out style action game. Ooh, I like Punch-Out. Um, experience with Unity or Game Maker Studio, uh, a couple completed projects, strong technical base and good coding practices, uh, and uh, not an asshole, generally. Uh, so if that's interesting to you, CanadianOps.com slash job. Is that, is that in the official posting? No, I yeah. added that. They, oh, you're okay. welcome. They, they can have that one for free. I'm just going to yeah. don't apply to that if you're an asshole. It's been a while just, since I posted that, so I, like, I don't remember that. Uh, are you, are you, that's, that's your big pitch, right? Is like, if it, it, are, do you want to post a job? Are you looking for people? Do you want not assholes? We'll try our best. Come, come to us. <laughs> we'll try our best. With, with our... Our current, and I jinx it every time I say it, uh, Discord server with a politics channel that somehow is, hasn't caught up, burst into flames and rolled down a hill like a garbage can. Uh, a couple events coming up this Wednesday, January 13th, the day this goes live for everyone, the Dirty Rectangles is returning to Twitch. That's at 7 p.m. Eastern with some live stream talks from Canadian game devs. And I want to uh, asterisk that their website says January 13th, 2021, but I think they just forgot to write 2022. Um, so I could be fake newsing you here, but I, I think it's real. And I DM them to ask <clears throat> if they let me know. I'll, I'll now, update accordingly. Have they, just, just edit this part out. Yeah, now, exactly. now I under, as I understand it, they've been on hiatus. They have. Have they? Were they cleaning the rectangles? They might have. Um, no, I think the point is the rectangles are dirty. Like, you want some nice, dirty rectangles. Because, okay. as I understand it, that's like a pixel art reference, maybe. Yeah, no, it, it is. I was... Right. I was, no, I like oh, okay, puns. the joke went over me. I'm, I'm sorry. Puns, puns are the, the, the pinnacle of comedy, uh, mm. to my mind. Um, like, do you know why cows have hooves? No. Because they lack toes. Oh, that's funny. What do you, what do you call it? A cow with three legs. Uh, three-legged cow? No, it's lean beef. And what do you call a cow Ooh. with no legs? Uh, ground beef. Uh, exactly. And what do you call a cow with two legs? Mm, what? Justin Trudeau. Uh, coming up Thursday, January twenty seventh. Uh, game. Is that a, wait, is that a is that a speak, fat joke? Games writers circle. The politics channel. Uh, from Dames Making Games. Join other game writers for a narrative uh, session. Uh, get digital <coughs> or. For a cozy digital get-together. Isn't that nice? Uh, yeah. That's at 6.30 Eastern, January 27th. Uh, and then the Vancouver Game Dev Meetup on Discord is happening the same day, Thursday, January 27th, at 6 p.m. Pacific time. 
uh, meet like-minded people, show off what you've been working on, and talk about game development. Discuss game design and have fun with a little smiley emoticon. Anyone is welcome. Sure. Then with a heart emoticon. Is it, is, it okay if I, if I, uh, is yes. it okay if I plug something? Absolutely. Of what course. do you want to plug? Yeah, of course. Oh, it's not even my thing. Um, Global Game Jam is coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Should, yeah. I should yeah. put that That's in soon. That's the um, week. So after, is that's that next this week? week. Next week. Yeah. yeah, I think it's yeah, just yeah, twentieth to thirtieth of January, uh, twenty twenty two, and because of the ongoing, normally global game jam, you have to go to a meetup place, but you don't have to now because it's a hybrid event because the world is, uh, you know, it's not the world is different <laughs> than it was. It's not. <laughs> let's just say that. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't if you wanna if you wanna go to the game jam, but you don't want to have to, you know, crouch and hold your breath through through the hordes of BTs. <laughs> or put um, pants on. <laughs> yeah. Global Game Good. Jam 2022. Global had, Game Jam, no pants. I've only done one. I had a lot of fun. It was in 2018. Uh, great time. So, yeah. Um, nice. Cool. Uh, that's it for events that I could find. I'm sure there's other stuff going on, but hop in our Discord and tell me about it. Time for some news. Uh, we're about a month behind on news, so I, I, got, I got a couple things to run through here, and if we, we especially feel like talking about it, we will. Um, you know how news stories start, like in the New York Times and stuff, with like the the location at the fr- fr- front. I'm Ooh. gonna start. I'm gonna start punctuating our news stories with that. So, ding 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 like ding 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 ding. Halifax, I, you know what? Nova I Scotia. love that for you. A little to the left. Uh, lands a publisher and it's launching worldwide on PC and Nintendo Switch August 2022, as well as iOS and Android Q4 2022, which I think is September to December or August to December, whatever a quarter of the end of the year is. Uh, but we've talked about this game a bit. I think it was announced during one of the Wholesome <coughs> Games directs. Uh, but Little to the Left is a, is a really pretty 2D sort of. Um, I don't know. It's it's part of this sort of trend of games. That's sort of they call it a very pleasing arrangement game, uh, kind of like how unpacking had you just like sorting pixel art stuff into ways that felt good. A little to the left has uh, sort of a two D version of that, where like you're lining up pencils on a desk from longest mm. to shortest, or stacking books on a shelf in a way that's nice, or or pulling out the junk drawer and making everything line up and look nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, cool. They've landed a publisher in We Are Secret mode. Uh, they're, oh. I don't know much about them or, or what they've done yet. Um, it looks like they have a couple games in the pipeline. Um, mm, no, I don't recognize any of these. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm very interested in them. Local developer here to Halifax and Steve and I both thought this game looked pretty cute. Uh, the demo's on itch.io if you want to try it. Um, oh wait, Adam. I was going to say, we played this, didn't we? Or did we? Like, I remember. There is a demo on itch.io I, I dabbled with. Um, Adam, I'm going to send you this, and, and you, I really should have you looking along with this in Discord. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's okay. I, can, oh, I, just, I just assumed, but yeah, that was my bad. Um, that's okay. Click <laughs> click uh, click that link, and then scroll down the news and click on little on the left. Tell me tell me what you what you think of this. The yeah, I, so I had seen the. I actually I I have heard of a little to the left. Um, hmm. I remember seeing it in the. I it, it was the wholesome. Was it the Nintendo Indie World, or was it the wholesome... Um, I think it was announced was... in the Indie World, and then shown again in the most... Sorry, it was announced in the Wholesome Direct last year, and then shown again in the most recent Nindies, I think. Yeah, I think the most recent Nindies is where I saw it. But I remember seeing the... Yeah, there's there's a GIF um, they have on their on their Twitter that, like, I think that was in the, the trailer um, of the... They open the drawer, and they're, like, rearranging the batteries and the paper clips and, mm-hmm. the, and the, the dice and all that. Um yeah, and I'm totally not watching that right now and describing it to you. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's half. That's half this show. 
I mean, it's it's kind of it's 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 really neat because I like I this is this genre of games that like you mentioned unpacking, and mm-hmm. my immediate thought whenever I see these is like this is perfect because it's like how long did you spend rearranging the inventory in Resident Evil Four? A lot. Oh, yeah. um, Not even yeah. four. My, mine was two, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I want like just to, I want just the guns like, want, to line yeah, up, and I, I want, want the, the ammo and herbs to be in the same column. You know what I mean? Like if you have two pistols in your inventory and they aren't placed so that the the barrels are facing the the end of the hand the 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 grip on either, mm. then it's like what what are you even doing in life? What is the point? <laughs> this you is know? this is pre uh, uh, ADHD diagnosis. You were playing Resident Evil Four. Yeah, basically. I mean, nice. it's, it, well, it's funny you should mention it because, like, after the ADHD diagnosis, um, I, I, in in a few weeks after that, um, I did get an OCD diagnosis as well. Oh, nice. Um, which those are apparently they're they're, they're co. Um, I don't know if it's covary. I don't remember what the term is, but they 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 come together a lot. They um, go hand in hand. It's like the yeah. the mollusks on the that, whale belly or the bird in the alligator mouth, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like I got the ability to to focus, and I started kind of getting my life in order that way. And then suddenly, <laughs> I was taking apart every appliance in the kitchen to clean it. Mm. Um, and that was uh, at some point, my wife was like, "Okay, it's become destructive. Um, so, <laughs> so you should talk to someone about this. I, I need it's, to use the coffee maker now. Yeah, and, uh... yeah. You uh, you you were taking the oven apart, and I like that you're cleaning. But also, um, you know, what if you open up a gas line um, <laughs> That's by <true>. accident? <laughs> so. <laughs> That's fun, um, but yeah, yeah a, a little to the left. I, I'm very excited. August 2022, not not that much time at all. And uh, the the way this game's sort of announcement and and developments rolled out, like announcing at the Wholesome Games, getting a lot of buzz. The demo got well received, landing a publisher, and then setting like I think reasonable and attainable launch windows, which obviously probably came with the help of the publisher of like two platforms in August, two more platforms by december uh it just seems to be a really chill working well <laughs> game development process and obviously i don't know what's going on behind the scenes but from everything i can sell it's this, this everything i can tell it's the husband and wife couple from i don't know if they're married sorry it's this couple from halifax and yeah they just seem to be making a cool game and, and i like that this yeah. next bit of news comes from montreal and uh there's there's this account i like on twitter adam i don't know if you've seen at Bogarad222 or Timur222 is their name. As far as I can tell, they just followed me randomly and I followed them back. This person just spends a lot of time on LinkedIn just mulling over people's uh, okay. pages yeah, trying I, to get like tidbits about upcoming games. I have occasionally seen this uh, pop up. Um, Bogorad sticks out to me in memory, <laughs> but I don't... Yeah, I, I recall seeing a couple things from them. I, I don't follow them, but I know I've, I've seen them mention stuff. Um, so, yeah. They, um, uh, they get a lot of very interesting tidbits that I would describe as, like, primary sources because it's coming from people who are at or have recently left game studios actively working on games. And so yeah. he, he pulled out, or sorry, they pulled out this one uh, from Bethesda Game Studios in Montreal, which people uh, forget Bethesda pushed into Canada pretty aggressively in the past couple of years buying a Halifax studio and then opening a studio in Montreal. Um, and so this person listed unannounced project as well as Elder Scrolls Blades on their work at um, Bethesda Game Studios Montreal having left like last month. Um, so I have no idea what an announced project is, but it's interesting. Fallout that- 77. Fallout 70. No. That was hype. Don't Steve even, jo- don't no, even don't, joke. Don't, don't, don't even play joke. with Steve's well, heart like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, I don't know what this is, but it's probably it's been I guess almost three years since that studio opened. So yeah. it feels like I, I follow the path of Bethesda kind of like Gearbox in a way, uh, where they started getting into publishing, they started opening Canadian studios, those Canadian studios started leading development on projects. And so I feel I don't know if the Montreal studio is leading this new Bethesda project, but interesting nonetheless. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It could be it could be anything. It could be like Fallout seventy six DLC. It could be DLC for like starfield yeah unannounced project it could even it could even be like fallout 5 or something i mean that's the i don't know how much um how much uh uh work would do you think bethesda's putting into like new ip at this point well starfield uh, starfield's allegedly coming out in 10 months ish um yeah i haven't seen you think that's gonna do you think that's actually gonna happen or do you think it's gonna be pushed i am i assume it's gonna be pushed not not even because of like a bethesda like uh, reputation or history, but just because mm-hmm. it's like that's every time there's a big game, I assume it's going to miss a date mm-hmm. at this point. I think I think they'll actually make it because they announced a natural release date. Yeah, they and they did the same thing <laughs> they, for Fallout Four. Like Fallout Four announcement to launch was eight months, and yeah. seventy six was I think slightly longer. But they hit the first date they gave, uh, and so Bethesda Softworks just seems to have hit their first announced date the past couple games which you know gives Hmm. this is the first game they're also hitting next gen which changes things but yeah i don't know bethesda softworks as far as games they make instead of uh bethesda published games have for the past couple just hit the first date they give which whether they're good or not (laughs) whether they're good or not pile of crap depends (laughs) on how you felt about fallout 4 and 76 but yeah i don't know starfield is probably gonna hit and then they're probably gonna shift Bethesda Softworks proper onto Elder Scrolls 6, I imagine. So, yeah, maybe Bethesda Montreal is doing Fallout 5 or whatever the next thing is. Or a new you IP, like you said. I'm just making an announcement now. This is We're now a Fallout 76 fan site. No, absolutely is that, are you? Oh, so, okay. Um, no, I'm, I actually legitimately like... Fallout yeah, he does. No, he does. I play, no, I understand. I, I, understand. I, yeah. I knew there were some of you out there. Um, <laughs> there are dozens of us. Do- dozens. Yeah. dozens. I haven't, um, to be fair, I haven't played in like a year and a bit but but when he played he played it's one of my most played ps4 games i just remember that um fallout 76 announcement and like seeing it happening and being like oh that's pretty neat but then also Mm kind of like i don't want to play an mmo was basically where i'm at at this point Mm -hmm. i was kind of like i i would rather focus on like if i'm going to play online i want it to be like a discreet kind of experience like i got back for blood recently and i haven't tried it yet um Mm -hmm. because i've just been kind of sitting on it like i'm excited to try it i don't think i want to play with strangers Mm. Um, you can play. Uh, you can play that solo now. You can, but you yeah, don't okay. get trophies, Steve. No, they fixed. They fixed that. Oh, did they? Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, good. If they didn't fix it, they acknowledged it, and they're fixing it soon. I know. Like, yeah. Nice. Because that was stupid. I'll play Back for Blood with you, Adam. It's it's fun. Okay, I liked that's it. cool. We'll have to we'll have to work around our one hour time zone difference. That's which true. Is, Steve and I, mean, I already it's... somehow managed to do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I, I get around it by staying up till four a.m. every night. Um. And playing all, cool. playing video I, games with my friends. I mean, that's pretty much yeah. I mean, isn't that what everybody <laughs> does now? We have to play. Uh, we have to play the dwarf game. We will. We will. Well. Adam, do you have a PS Five? I do. Oh, you should get download. Do you have PS Plus? Get that Deep Rock Galactic and uh, play it with us. What's it called? Deep Rock Galactic. It's like a dwarf uh, first person co op mining roguelite. No, okay. uh, it's, not, it's not really roguelite. Is it, it like leveling up and stuff? Okay. It's like a team-based co-op, like mining game, basically. 
I, I can, I've only uh, yeah. played like four, three or four missions, but right. it's fine. I'll give it and a people shot. on you know what on it, Steam love it. You know what is a Canadian game that I've been waiting for an opportunity to jump on with somebody. I haven't been able to do matchmaking for it, um, hmm. and I think it's just because of like a crappy connection at time. At whenever I've thought to do it, but uh, Operation uh, Tango, Tango, yeah, yeah. Steve and I uh, that did one playthrough, and we want to do another one in flip rolls. Nice, yeah. That that just it seems so like I just love the idea of asymmetrical multi multiplayer. Mm-hmm. But especially like cooperative asymmetrical multiplayer seems yeah, like a it's, really neat. It's good. I had an idea. I'm I'm gonna throw this out there because I I it, this is the, nobody needs uh, just just to for any any non game devs listening. Um, nobody needs an idea guy mm-hmm. um, because everybody has ideas. So if you're <laughs> if you reach out to game studios and say, hey, I want to be your idea guy, they're not going to look <laughs> at the the thing. They because, only care if you're their money guy. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody at a studio can be an idea guy at any moment by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, as far as an idea I had though, back when like Evolve was coming out, and people were really talking about oh, asymmetrical multiplayer is the future. Mm-hmm. I was really interested in the idea of I wanted to make a a MOBA game that was a, a, a kaiju MOBA game. Mm. So. One side of the team, so you know, like if you have like say a three-on-three MOBA, right? Mm-hmm. And you have three lanes. There would be three lanes, and one team would be just champions, and the champions are huge, and they can just like destroy the other team's base, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other team is just minions, and they so for one for one group of pay- players, it's like a team of three people playing an RTS, mm-hmm. and for one group of players, it's like you're playing League of Legends, but you have no minions on your side. <coughs> Okay, um, so it's it's kind of, it's like one like one team's playing StarCraft and another team's playing Godzilla Simulator, Diablo Godzilla, yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, okay, yeah. I that's that was the idea, and now I'm regretting saying it because it's like, what if I do? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So I mean, if it anybody... helps, uh, evolved it terribly, and uh, yeah. it's kind of like a four v one kaiju. But um... that was the thing was that it was it was always because if. Um, if you have 4v1, right, like, the, the big thing at the time there, too, was that, um, and I feel like that's still the big thing, is that everybody wants multiplayer that they can start doing, like, a league of and kind of have a ranking, and, and it's like a, it's like an esports thing, right? Yeah. So if you're looking for an esports thing and it's asymmetrical, it's like, it's one thing to say the style of play is asymmetrical or the power dynamic is asymmetrical mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. Like, even if you think about Counter-Strike, right? The, when you have bomb planting and diffusing, that's kind of asymmetrical because one team has the objective of getting somewhere and setting something up and then just holding on long enough, and the other team mm-hmm. has we can either stop them from getting there or we can get there and stop it before time runs out. Right, like right? kind of like Overwatch too. Yeah, like it's like we have we have different goals. It's not just like deathmatch or you know um, capture the flag. Like or... capture, yeah, capture the flag where it's like you know you're both after the same flag, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. It's so. That's a, that's kind of asymmetrical in a way, so I think that works, and I think that, since you mentioned Overwatch, it's like that kind of shows, right? Like that it's that's a workable angle for that. Whereas <laughs> when it's just like okay, so if you're playing four v one, then one of the teams is going to have to just be like, all right, this is our monster guy, <laughs> and and the rest of the players are you know hunters, and it's just kind of like uh, that's everyone wants to be the monster. Yeah, and also, and all, well, everyone wants to be the monster, but also nobody wants to be one of the one or four guys, you know. Nobody wants to be one of the three people sitting out around while you play. Mm, <laughs> I see to what be you like, mean. Yeah, like, now the team gets to play together, but, like, it's like, imagine joining a team, uh, like, if you were if you were to join, like, a golf team, 
in high school or something like that and then like you know one of you plays against the other team while the rest of you wait for your turn to play against one person from the other team Mm -hmm. it's just like that's weird (laughs) that's a great segue into our next bit of news from montreal 4v1 asymmetrical game dead by daylight getting a new dlc character from the ring coming out in march see now i sound like an idiot no, 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 no. Because <laughs> Dead, yeah, Dead by Daylight is great, and it works. It is, but they have had, like, the, the to get where they are now, sorting, like, solving for the first time so many problems with, like, okay, well, we do two separate queues then, one for the killer, one for the survivors, and, like, okay, well, we mm. aren't getting enough killers, so now we give you a bonus when you play as the killer for the first time in a day, and, like, stuff like that. Like, they've had to deal with a lot of the things I think you're talking about. Um, but now yeah. that they've made it and now, you know, the ring, which I didn't realize was a 1991 novel before it was a movie. Uh, it's coming, yeah. coming to chapter 23. Oh, they've wow. done 23 chapters of, well, I guess, yeah, they've had everything by this point. Like, so in terms of like, in terms of like powers of the ring character, are they like, are they like climbing on the walls or something? Is that, what they're doing. I haven't seen the preview for this. I'm going to... You click, you click the link. You might, you might want to cut this because I'm going to look at the link now. Because I keep <laughs> forgetting I don't, know what, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what the rain is. Oh, have you not seen the ring, Steve? So the, you know the premise? No, I'm not a horror movie person. The premise is there's this videotape, I think, and I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry. And if you watch the videotape, then in three days, she crawls through the TV and kills you. And oh, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like That's a CRT it. TV. And, and, uh, and so... The, there's this famous scene from like the, there's those a were well. just called televisions back then yeah yeah and pterodactyls <laughs> made the newspapers uh they, yeah, okay, there's whatever. this like well with a chip in it and she like starts to crawl out of it and then crawl towards the tv um mm. i don't know what she's so then, yeah, what, what, is, what is the powers be. or whatever uh, well, so that was what i was wondering about immediately so it, it is just the well in the preview eh? um uh, yeah so okay okay from creative director dave richard the only thing i can say about this is that it will be a real heart pounding experience wow that's nothing but i mean it's it's cool that well so the thing is that i i kind of I, I i really i'm like proud of these guys um mm. uh I, i'm tr- sorry i'm trying not to say guys for giant mm-hmm. people I, i'm feeling that too actually yeah it's it's I, but i keep doing it because it's just like how i've always spoke well i keep saying um, folks and then i just think of doug ford yeah (laughs) right it's like uh, because folks makes you sound like like either it's either like doug ford or like you're like a prospector back in like yeah like in the you're you're showing up to like you know gold rush town like folks let me tell you about this magical tonic you can get you can get this tonic and it's gonna cure you of your gout it's gonna cure you of your giardia and 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 beers will cost one dollar yeah it's good it's gonna be great you're gonna find all the gold um but yeah so Dead by Daylight are uh, like the uh, what's the studio's name? It's um, uh, Behavior Interactive. Behavior Interactive. Behavior Interactive. Yeah, that's it. Um, that's one of those ones where I always forget because whenever I see the name Dead by Daylight, it's more like that. The game name is more synonymous for me than the studio, which is always a good sign, I think, for for them because um, mm-hmm. it's like that. That means it's selling, right? It's like it's like having to think about who makes who. It's like having to think a bit before you come to Inner Sloth, but like if somebody mentions something that kind of sounds like Among Us. Mm-hmm. It's like that's no, I know what that is, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah. So Dead by Daylight is out of there. Like I feel I I'm really happy for these 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 fellows because um, it's at a point now 
where, you know, they can just announce a character. They don't have to show off the gameplay and, like, the hype just happens and they... Because they know people are going to be there for it. Yeah. Like, they've no, got... It's like... They, yeah, they, they've made it and they've established, like, a very dedicated, supportive community and, a, and you know, they, they their Steam chart player, active player list looks good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're at it's always... Point. They're just... They just want more content. Like, they're just, like, feeding into whatever content they're getting. It's it's horror Because like, they know it's going to be know? from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's... Well, and so that's the thing. This is this is the big distinguisher as well for, for Dead by Daylight because um, it's, I think, the hide-and-seek kind of aspect to it mm-hmm. really distinguished it in that in the early, early times of, like, uh, asymmetrical games, like when Evolve came out. Because, like, Evolve is the big failure case that I think mm-hmm. of. Um... And I think part of the reason that Dead by Daylight really works is that it's not like when you're playing Evolve, it's like there's a hunter, there's a team of hunters and there's a monster, but like the monster fights and the team mm-hmm. of hunters fight. In Dead by Daylight, it's like uh, they found you, get the fuck out of there. Which yeah, is like, it's survival just like a really, that's an ex That's an exciting experience, but also it's it's extremely different from being the killer. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's like it's not both sides have a chance, because it's not like you can just learn. There's no. There's no real straightforward meta for like how to avoid Michael Myers all night. Mm. And there's no straightforward meta for like how you're gonna find where everybody's hiding in the time limit. Mm-hmm. Whereas with like when you've got a game where it's like here's four classes of shooter and yeah. here's a giant. Here's like however many types of monsters. It's like you immediately develop a meta of like okay somebody's gonna throw a dome on it and then we're gonna do this this and this. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and that's that's my tangent. <laughs> oh, I like it. And, and I've said this before with Fortnite. Uh, as soon as they add Simpsons to Fortnite, I'll spend money on the game. As soon as they add like <laughs> anything from The Purge to Dead by Daylight, I'm there. Uh, I, I, I love The Purge. Um, or Saw? Have they done Saw yet? Have they done like the mascot? If they do I Saw like or The Purge, I'm in there. If There's they no feel like they would have had. If they do The Purge, you know what's going to happen is if they do The Purge, they're going to start the trailer and be like, "Oh, it's a new Payday game." Oh, I see what you mean. Because <laughs> everybody, be everybody in the purge is always wearing like yeah. weird masks, right? Like, I was thinking. I was, gonna say, is the purge, I was thinking the purge more like, isn't like the, monsters, though, right? No, the purge. The purge is like just people killing people. But the thing I think of yeah. first of all is like the George Washington masks, like the New Founding Fathers stuff, and I'd be like, that'd be fun. Okay, so yeah. They they did. Oh, have they'll just Saw. think it's a Point Break uh, sequel then. Fine, <laughs> don't do the purge. You can do. They did do Saw. I learned uh, it's the pig head guy from the newer ones. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So see, see that, I, I don't. See that, I'm not see, a big horror person. I actually, I didn't realize that was Saw related. I remember because um, you I think Jigsaw, you think the the spiral on the cheeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, I th- so I've only ever seen the first Saw movie. Um, I gotta. I have, to, I have to bounce. By the way, sorry. all right, Steve. Oh, sorry. Thanks sorry. for joining us, Steve. Follow on Twitter at Candy Game Devs. He's in the the handle and go be a dad and a good. Where's the husband. Where's the game of the year stuff? Where's that? Oh, it's on canadiangames.com slash features, and it's the very top there. there. I'll also include links in the show notes. Everyone vote. Did you actually post it? Not yet. Steve, I'm working on okay, Steve. So. It's All a right, lot I'm of games. <laughs> Steve's right, going to go play bye, a game Steve. called Fatherhood. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be your dad. <laughs> uh, All right. Bye. Bye. So you've seen the first Saw. I didn't see any of the other Saws because I was, like, I really, I was really impressed with the first one. Because mm-hmm. it was like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I haven't seen any more than the first Paranormal Activity either. Because mm. those are like those were um, horror movies that really kind of you know they they switched it up and they did something really cool mm-hmm. and I and when I saw them start making sequels I was just like I'm not gonna like this I'm gonna get really mm. irritated by this <laughs> um, 
It's gonna, it's gonna, because they're gonna try to build like a lore, and the budget has gone up, and oh, they do, you know, it's they do. If if you hear squeaking, my dog just figured out a toy. Aw, um, yeah, yeah, and she's right beside. She wanted to show me. Um, I so like yeah, that. yeah, I'm so happy that it's a noisy one and not just something she chews on. Those are the best um, ones. Yeah. But uh, Dead by Daylight is in, I think, a really good place because they can kind of get it, they're it, it, they're in a, they're in a place where it's like with the Marvel movies where they're like we don't have to do origin stories anymore. No, um, it's just kind of like here's a new, here's a new guy and or here's a new you know killer and if you want it you want it and that's mm-hmm. it. I do. I um, want I want Purge Mass, Adam. I want to I want to get my George Washington I freak on. I assume I have to assume the rings like special thing will be like crawling up and down the walls and ceiling, right? Probably like some sort of Spider-Man like that, thing. That was the thing in the ring was like the crab walking down the stairs and kind of like yeah. snapping around. Yeah, and I guess like did was there teleporting in the ring? There's probably gonna be teleporting. Oh, I could see that. Also, like, how do you think they're gonna spawn in the character? Because you have to watch the movie and or you have to watch yeah. the tape in the movie. Well, but... that's what I was wondering about. Like, are they gonna have? I'm assuming that they're gonna have like a little a little info start at the beginning thing to just like bring players up to speed be like by the way this is what a vhs was <laughs> so um, no adam i'm picturing you know those carts from <laughs> elementary school that you would play vhs tapes in the game yeah. starts and one of those just r- rolls into the middle of the map and then the tape starts and it's like go <laughs> you know yeah like or that's, something that's like that. the that's the ending to the ring movie that we never knew we needed was a teacher watching <laughs> it finding out what it is and then just playing it on one of those in class oh just that's to be good. like because you had because that, that was the thing, right? Like, was it was like a it was like a chain letter aspect to it. Like, you have to you have to you have to mail the tape to someone else. Yeah, you have to get somebody else to watch it, or else you'll die. But if you if you get somebody else to watch it, it's their problem. Mm-hmm. So, like, just wheeling it in and being like, "Hey, twenty five eight year olds, have a good mm-hmm. time." <laughs> That's twenty five of you. It has to kill before it gets to me. Yeah, um, but yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna have so. a long life. You're not. Congrats to behavior. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how the ring plays out in Dead by Daylight. Um, and our our last news story from Montreal today uh, concerns the much ill-fated Marvel's Avengers. Uh, they're still working on it, Adam. Uh, they introduced they the are. first ever raid last year. Uh, the early 2022 roadmap uh, is now published. Um, Hawkeye's in. Uh, there's a new Kate Bishop campaign, new Hawkeye yeah. campaign. It was a bold move putting two Hawkeyes in before other characters, I think. So they were, I think the original plan was Black Panther, and then you know what happened. And yeah. then so it was like, uh, I guess we're doing two bow characters back-to-back. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> I think, I honestly, I was surprised that that was all they had. Like, it, the Spider-Man delays were weird, too. Um, and he doesn't even, like, it, you can't really do anything with him other than replay the other missions as Spider-Man. Yeah. So, like, and there's no specifically... He's, he's, like, there was a time when Marvel put a picture of Spider-Man on mm-hmm. every cover because mm-hmm. he was the hero everybody knew, right? Yeah, so, like, you got, you got a Marvel Comics thing, and then, like, in the bottom left on the cover of the Marvel Comics thing was a little black and white box with Spider-Man's head. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, by the way, we're the guys who do Spider-Man, so you should, you should also read Captain America, and you should also <laughs> read Iron Man sometimes. Like pick up this copy of the invincible iron man because the amazing spider-man approves it yeah it it was larger than the comics code authority logo and now Um, he's been carved out into little licenses all over the place yeah which Mm. is like i used to i used to really the thing is on the one hand it's like i don't 
I want to be not ridiculous as a person, so I don't want to sit around and be like, man, I really wish every entertainment property in the universe were owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like, I really want Spider-Man <laughs> to just be back integrated with the other stuff because, like, you know, that's I, that's fun. Like, can we can we integrate? Can we either integrate Spider-Man or just make all of them public domain? Yeah, you want and you then, want a future without copyright, and I think we're on the same page there. <laughs> yeah, well, I see. I love. I, that's the thing is that I like. I want a future without copyright to an extent because mm-hmm. it's like I want. I like the idea of I have created something, so I have like a watershed before people start remixing it, mm-hmm. um, in which I can kind of make my like. Because, like, even if you move to, like, a no-money post-scarcity society, mm-hmm. um, at that point, it's like, as a, as a person creating stories or, and, and stuff like that, you're going to want people to know your name. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you, if you create something that people really like, and then, you know, you have a little bit of a, a gap of time where it's like that, you, you can kind of build a career off that, because it's like, not a career in the sense of, like, oh, this is where all my money comes from, but a career in the sense of, like, you know... People know who I am, so they're going to continue to see my art, and I can continue to put stuff out, and I don't have mm-hmm. to like go do something else. Um, in in that way, I really like the idea of like a bit of a watershed period where it's like nobody's going to be putting out remixes of this thing because like this is this is your time to put out your story and be like here you go, and then and then after a bit, um, you know, people can start doing whatever they want with the characters. Like like you know you know what I mean? I think because I think. Um, the, the copyright, I think cross-generational copyright is obviously terrible. Mm-hmm. And I, but I think the whole thing of like with authors where it's like the author's lifetime plus you 75 know, years, I think. Yeah. That's, that's a ridiculous amount of time. It's absurd. But like, it's the idea that like, you know, um, the author's lifetime plus a certain number of years, like I would, I would want it to be like the author's lifetime or 20 years from publication. Yeah, I, I, Which, I totally whichever comes that. first, so that it's like, so that it's like, if you're like 95 and you finally finish your big book and you put it out, mm-hmm. and you're like, I really want my kids to be taken care of, or yeah. my, my grandkids to be taken care of, and then well, you die. Well, we're also like two in, years in our later. hypothetical post scarcity world. Your kids are taken care of, right? So who cares? That's if someone, true. Yeah, someone yeah. Makes it's one of those Spider Man thing. It's it's one of those that yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you try trying to envision a post scarcity world when you've grown up in like capitalist propaganda is really weird mm-hmm. um, because it's like you know you'll be sitting there thinking about these kinds of things and it's like oh well but like shouldn't um, you know somebody will say like shouldn't like a land like you're like well no there won't be landlords anymore and people are like well shouldn't landlords be compensated for like how much they've invested into it and it's like invest the part of the part of you that lives in a money bay like I mean there would still be currency. Right, obviously, mm. because like people aren't going to go back to bartering or something for their stuff. Like there'll still be, because um, this—that's th- one thing that like when people talk about something like communism or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that everybody always has the same thing is what like is the the criticism that gets kind of thrown out. But it's like no, it's like if everybody has a certain amount of spending money, some people are just going to spend it on the first thing they see, and some mm-hmm. people aren't. So there will still be people who have some more like nice stuff because they saved up and bought like a kind of a luxury mm-hmm. or there are going to be people who go to McDonald's all the time. Like mm-hmm. that, that kind also, of thing would still happen. <laughs> also people say, Oh, communism, the government gives you your clothes and everything's the exact same under capitalism. You know, Snapchat makes the circle app for, yeah. or the circle daily story thing. And then everyone copies it. You know, apex comes out with respawn mechanic yeah. and then everyone copies it. Like you already just get the same idea done shittily everywhere. 
So that's, like that's exactly it. And it's, it's no you know point. what I've been, you know what I've been you know what I've been circling around a lot mm. re- recently that I really want and is obvious like obviously this is never going to happen, but I mm. wish it would. Is that I want and I'm gonna since it's a Canadian show, I'm talking about it from a Canadian perspective. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been I've been replaying Death Stranding recently. Um, mm, good game because because I love it and it is one of I think it's a masterpiece. Um, huh. I I was when I I had been so excited for it. I I really loved Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was when I was younger, and I, I still do, but I also loved it when I was younger. And um, but I so I was excited for it, and then you know I pre-ordered it and all that stuff, and it arrived mm-hmm. a day late. So the reviews all dropped, and then I had like three days of all the reviews coming out, and I ended up waiting like a week to actually play it when it came out because it was sitting there on my table, and my wife was like, "You've been excited for this game for like four years. Why aren't you playing mm. it?" And I was just like, but the reviews, and she's like, what about the reviews? And I was like, they're so far apart. What if I hate this? What if it sucks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to deal with that because I've been so excited. And then I was playing it, and then like about two minutes into like getting control of the character, um, I ran across some ground, like testing out the sprinting mechanic over some rocks, and I stumbled and fell on my ass. Mm-hmm. And I sat there for a second, and I set the controller down, and I was just staring at the screen, and my wife was there beside me, and she was just like, "What's uh, what's going on?" I was like, "I people were making like people were criticizing the game before it came out, saying, and they would just like post walking simulator, <laughs> and this is an actual walking simulator. No, it is. This is this is simulating the act of walking, and it it's is genius. It's, it's Euro Truck Simulator applied to walking around, <laughs> and it's so cool though. It is. It's like it's like when I'm when I'm moving because it's like. They've take they've taken the idea because like one of those complaints there were a number of videos on YouTube I think in the past where they would show like you know um, uh, what was the it's not Majora's Mask what was what, what was before Oc- Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. and they would be like you have to spend so much time running across the plains and you do nothing while you're doing it there's no mm-hmm. random encounters you're just going from place to place and they put them far apart for some reason mm-hmm. and that's like a big criticism of like there's just a whole bunch of time where you're holding up and it's like they took that concept of going from one place really far to another place and then they added in like better watch the ground because mm-hmm. uh like it's like you might get it like there are areas where you might get attacked and there's like the rain is going to screw up all the stuff that you've got to carry yes but even more fundamentally it's like is what kind of ground are you about to be walking on is that mud and that's like a very real concern if you go hiking right is like you're walking along a ridge and if the terrain is wet you need to stay further away from the ridge than if it isn't because mm-hmm. If you're too close and it's wet, it could just shoot out from you and you're out from under you and you're falling, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And that's just, that's, I I think it's ingenious. But anyway, I've been, I've been replaying Death Stranding recently. And my big, my big thing that I want to see in my lifetime is for the Canadian government to nationalize the Canadian branch of Amazon and integrate it into Canada Post. Because Amazon has become the, Amazon's the online shopping hub, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's. Like, you know, the idea of like, we let, uh, like, there's some socialist uh, theory that kind of takes the approach of, will allow like, innovation is like the free market domain. So like doing new stuff is, yeah, sure, be an innovator, be an entrepreneur, all that. Once one of you becomes the standard kind of like, you know, once you've dominated that sphere, that's a trust. So we turn you into a public trust. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes a government institution. So like, Amazon being the way you go online and, and, and order goods, and then Canada Post being the way those goods are brought to you. And so I, when, I, when I was thinking about that the other day, I was like, 
nationalize Amazon mm-hmm. in Canada, integrate it with Canada Post, we now have bridges. We do have bridges. That's bridges. That's that's the organization bridges. Is it's a government organization in, in the United States of America where people need stuff, they put in a requisition, and a government employee brings it to you. Yeah, I mean that's how they got the COVID zero policy in China. Is the government's like, oh, well, since we own everything, we'll just send you groceries. Don't go outside for a bit. Yeah. And look at that, we have less deaths than Canada, despite them being point zero three percent of our population. Like I, you know, what was really eye opening for me was because, like, as much as I will talk, as much as I will wax philosophical about like communism's great. When when people <laughs> start talking about like oh civil liberties and repression in China, I do get mm. like. I do get that kind of like, yeah, you know what? I do. I don't want to be like worried about getting banned because I criticized the government wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though that does happen in Canada, but it does, it does. It's just, but but we they're so good at portraying it as not mm-hmm. right. And also, it's one of those things where one thing that I've pointed out to people when they've talked to me about China like that is that, um, like, the reason I don't have to worry about that in Canada is that I'm a white guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I criticize the government in a way that's not considered okay. People just kind of ignore me and I become irrelevant mm. um, in a way that like if I were uh, a First Nations or, or uh, if I were an indigenous activist, um, I might get attacked. Right. Or I might have some trumped up charges thrown at me. Or if you um, lived in Saskatoon in the 90s, the police drive you two hours in yeah, the middle that's of the, the frozen tundra and kick you out of the car so you freeze to death. <laughs> that's, yeah, nobody, that's what happens in Canada. <laughs> nobody's dropping me in the middle of nowhere because yeah. because I'm a white guy. Um and that's, I mean, j- just to clarify, I'm not saying that as like, I'm happy about that. That's bad. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. No. Um, but like, if I were in China and I were like Han Chinese, I'd probably be fine. If I were like certain other, if I were like not in Hong Kong and I were to say like, you know, um, I, I think Xi Jinping's doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. People would be like, you know, if, if, if what I said was like out of line, they'd probably just be like, we don't, we don't care. Go away. Mm. You know? Um, whereas like, that's the thing is that there's, there's that kind of stratification exists in other places. So like when people talk about, um, what's happening with like the, 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 the Uyghurs or the, is it Uyghurs or or Uyghurs? Uyghurs. Uyghurs. Yeah. Okay. When people talk about the Uyghurs, um, it's like in, in those areas, you know, it's like, that's a specific group that's being targeted for, um, you know, for like the, the, the re-education type stuff and, and for like trying to. I think they've referred to it as enhancing social cohesion or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're Han Chinese and you live in the same area, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're and you're that's kind of the that's the that's that's the sad kind of fact about a lot of places in the world, right? Is that like there's, um, like, and I think for for people listening to this podcast because you know it's Western in in nature is that it's like you have that accessible example of like wh- white people have it easy in certain ways. Like you have mm-hmm. that, that concept of white privilege and it's like white privilege kind of exists around the globe. Like people are their white privilege exists around the globe in terms of that thing. But also in, in North America in the past, you know, 50 to a hundred years, we've had this weird thing where white has come to just mean a skin tone as opposed to like what whiteness actually kind of is as a social construct. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, the idea of whiteness is as like, if you're if you're in China and you're Han Chinese, that could be considered a type of whiteness, right? Is that like you're the you're the so you're the the ethnic or social class that's like you're the status quo. Yeah, we're the default. We're fine. Other people have to try to be like us, as opposed. You're, you're to the me. first thing that shows up in the character creator. Yeah, exactly. Is like you're there's there's a there's a random hairstyle Han 
person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's, and again, like if anybody's listening to this and they're like, this guy knows fuck all about China, feel free <laughs> to put me on blast because I, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm going off of the information I have. And I think I, I like to think I've looked up more information from better sources than like the average bear. But, uh, if I'm, if I'm way off, like I am absolutely fine with being roasted. That's, that's oh, yeah. cool. Like just I get, I get Adam, the amount of times a day in our discord, people roast me. Like it's, yeah, you're a good <laughs> I've company. seen some of that. You're I've a good company. No, I, I, I should that's why I don't, in my that's why I, I, that's why the, I think part of the reason the politics channel in the discord is so good is that, um, like I won't go in there very often because like, I don't want to say something that's like, I don't want to go off of old information that I just haven't been, because there's so much happening in the world now, right? We have so mm-hmm. much information that it's like, you learn something, that might be wrong, but you don't, because you have to, like, if you want to stay kind of well-informed, you have to move between topics a lot. Mm-hmm. And so if you learn something, and then like three weeks later, you haven't continued on that topic because it's like so much other stuff to to follow, and then you start talking about it. And a bunch of people look like that, that. There's that picture of everybody at the party looking at the camera, like, "What the fuck is this?" Guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's I know that one. that's. I don't like that. That 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 makes me. That puts Adam in a bad mood when that happens to him. See, and, uh, so I'm I'm the subject <laughs> of that everyone at the party looking at you meme repeatedly, and I just get I'm good at it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I I really I fear I fear it before it happens. When it happens, I own it really well. I think. Yeah. No, yeah, I've, I've stepped in it in our Discord a lot and on this podcast a lot. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just Good, uh, another I, way yeah. of staying authentic. Not authentic, but, like, you know, people people know when I'm wrong, I'll admit it. And when someone points out to me something I said was stupid, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was stupid. I'm sorry. And, yeah, it just, like, helps build certain genuineness, I think. Yeah, and but so, sorry, I... I um I got really off track there. The thing, yeah, that was very, okay. I, the thing that was very eye-opening for me was somebody just randomly posted a Twitter poll that I saw that was like, who would you rather have in charge of your society right now mm-hmm. during COVID? And it was Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. Like, without, without hesitation. Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. Like, just just if my, if my, <laughs> if my sole uh, piece of deciding information was, will I, what are the chances of me surviving it's Xi Jinping. China has like estimates are anywhere between like five and ten thousand COVID deaths, and yeah. we're like point zero three percent of China's population, and and we have what COVID deaths Canada. Uh, we have on total thirty thousand seven hundred and forty three deaths. So yeah. despite being less than a percent of the population of Canada, we're killing them in the or we're not we're killing us in the in the death uh, yeah. category. Or yeah. and in the states yeah. just hit a million. Like people are like, oh, China's brainwashed. They all like worship their government. I'm like, yes, because when their government needs to help them, they send them groceries and, and everyone gets money to stay home and not die and, and in canada they're like oh you got you got covid uh, go to work and cough on everyone's double double idiot and it's like that's yeah, of course i want to live in china during covid one thing that i've been trying to to kind of work into my mind a lot more when i'm thinking about these things is when you see t- people talking about like china having a brainwashed population that's just oh they revered we, the government and there's the we sing leader. the national anthem every oh, day yeah. as a kid and then sing it before sports games they get everyone to stand yeah. up take their hat off and they'll kick you if you're sitting down and i know because they've been kicked like, straight too. up and sing for the national anthem like no <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, oh, the man. the so like the the thing that happens though is that like when people bring that up, one thing I really try to remind myself is of is like, is it that they're so propagandized that they worship the government, or is it that this is what it looks like when a society hasn't eroded your trust over a century of uh, just? It's the because like one. the first thing that happened with Canada and COVID is that mm-hmm. they lied about the efficacy of masks. Mm-hmm. To try to protect the PPE stock from panic buying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at the time, I remember, like, I was in a Zoom call with people, and one of them was, like, you know, a, 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 an intern at the company I was working at, and he was saying, like, hey, um, like, you have to get fitted for an N95 mask if you want it to work effectively. And, like, what, and I was like, well, yes, but if you're wearing an N95 mask that hasn't been fitted properly, but is making something of a seal on your face, you're safer than somebody without a mask. Mm-hmm. And like I remember, I remember saying that, and then being like, "Why? What makes you say that?" And I would be like, "Okay, well, in Korea and Japan, I know that people wear masks during flu season and cold season, and their flu and n- I numbers know, are lower than ours significantly. Uh, yeah, I know that their death per capita is way below ours mm-hmm. every time. And the standard is just if you're sick and you have to go anywhere, you wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, and then and then we have a pandemic, and so now everybody's wearing a mask because it's like you could be asymptomatic. Like, and you know what, reason. Adam? The 2020 and 2021 flu seasons were some of the lowest on record in Canada. I know. I have loved not getting sick. Mm-hmm. I have I have absolutely loved it. I was very scared that I got COVID recently um, because I started, you know, when I would be walking the dog, I would come inside. I, I have asthma and allergies. So mm-hmm. I would have these coughing fits and I would cough up some like like phlegm, right? Like it mm-hmm. would be, but like I was, I was like, I can't, I, it's, I know I'm not infected because it's not like, it's not colored. It's just like clear. Mm-hmm. And so what I wound up finding out, though, was that it's like, I was like, this is awful. How is this happening? Like, what did I catch? And as it turns out, it's like, you know, when it gets cold out now, I get like, you know, your nose runs. And because I'm wearing a mask or, and because I'm not like, you know, sneezing openly in public as much or like anything like that, it's like it, it, it goes down your throat and then you have to cough it up. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, oh. Oh, that's awful. That's gross. But uh, you know what? I'm still not sick. I, I have not gotten sick in two years, like mm. legitimately, because I just like partly because I don't interact with people anymore, but also because when I have to, I'm not inhaling. Like <laughs> I just love the infographics that people have where it's like, you know, showing the spewing of droplets onto mm-hmm. each other. And oh, into each we used to faces. just walk and around like, and let people just breathe all over us. It was disgusting. Yeah, it's like one of those things where, like, the way I feel about general human interaction now without a mask is the way I felt the first time my wife pointed out at a children's birthday party for, like, with a gathering of family when the kid's blowing out the candles. And I was just like, what what slice of the cake do you want? And she's like, I I don't really want any cake. And I was like, why not? And she's Mm. like, the kid just spat all over the entire (laughs) cake. And I was just like, oh, my God, he did. Oh my god, I've been eating toddler spit every time I go to one of these for years and I never thought about it. And, and you know what? Sometimes like, it works out. Sometimes all the kids yeah. get immune immunity for something that the birthday boy had. But but like as an adult, I don't need that in my life. No, no, you're, you're set. <laughs> you, you've eaten your spit cake a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know? yeah spit, spit cake is the new spit take. <laughs> um, you, don't, you no longer do a spit take. You now have to eat cake that a child has spat all over. I like it. Uh, circling back to the news, nice little tangent there. I genuinely appreciate that. And one of the reasons I did want to have you on, Adam, is I know I think politically we're, we're a little aligned, uh, and I, I like those conversations because I don't Duh. get to talk to a lot of people who are politically aligned with me, and, and it's nice. Well, I'm happy. Um, I'm happy that I could help you, comrade. Thank you. 
Thank you, comrade. Uh, last three bits of news today come at us uh, more Western than Montreal. First, uh, do you know Jessica Mack, a Toronto game developer working who worked um, uh, on Sound Shapes and is now working on a new project? Ooh. It's not named uh, yet, as far as I can tell. Is there the name? name? The name sounds familiar. Um, yeah. Okay. Sound Shapes. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those things where it's like I've I've heard of the game. Mm-hmm. But not the the person as much as the game. But yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I, I know sound shapes, and I think uh, yeah, okay. So that's interesting. That's actually so, very interesting. Jessica Max, still in Toronto, uh, co-directed sound shapes. Next project, uh, partnering with Annapurna Interactive, um, sort of the the latest up and comer indie darling publisher. Donut. Yeah. Channel oh, they're movie. they're killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've teamed up for the next project. Uh, let me see if it has a, a legit name. Uh, and it looks it looks kind of funky. It kind it's kind of giving me, you know, like Res vibes. You know, like where the, the character is just floating through sort of abstract sci-fi settings with like mm-hmm. lots of sharp geometry and like the the re- Resogun or something, right? Yeah, or, yeah, some, something yeah. like something like Resogun, Resin, <coughs> Res Infinite, Res. Uh, um, and given this developer's history with sound and rhythm games. Uh, that's obviously uh, working into this because they hope that, quote, it will mix music and action-adventure in an engaging way. Um, and so, yeah, this, this the first time this game came up on my radar, though I think it's been in development and, like, known about for a while. Um, but, yeah. but, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that game in development. Also, shout-out to Jessica Mack, the pulling the ultimate Chad move of having 7,000 followers on Twitter but following no one. I, I just, you know, it's always... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have Twitter was, for you yeah. to listen to me. I don't care what anyone else is doing right this now. Is a, this is a broadcast channel. You do not, <laughs> I'm, you do not I'm in my lane and I'm anything. thriving, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm interested in this game. I don't think it has a name yet oh yeah no i I don't think it does but i just says next project love the yeah i saw this was this also in the indies thing i don't know it might have been i i kind of like half watched last indies thing Uh, i've seen it maybe oh no no no. i think this was a um at some point this was um annapurna did their Mm -hmm. own thing where they were showing off annapurna stuff yeah i remember the uh no that is what it came from that was in yeah yeah i remember seeing this back yeah when yeah. was that? I didn't. Which watch is more? It. I want more publishers to do that. If you're like a publisher specifically making, especially indie games, do your own directs. Um, like do do the Nintendo ones, do the PlayStation um, Devolver directs. Uh, yeah, do do all those. Do all those absolutely. But like, do your own directs as well, so that like, because if you if you're relying on like the Nintendo direct, which mm-hmm. I mean, more people are obviously going to see that. But they're only going to have like one or two of your games probably. Mm-hmm. But if you have like a lineup of like seven games. There's probably at least like you know one or two that aren't the big two that a lot of people are going to want, but they won't hear about as easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you make an whereas, but people love an event, right? Um, I do like a live stream, man. Yeah, like it's it's easier when it's all at once. When you when you're just like, because um, if it's just something they're putting into your Twitter timeline occasionally, you can just miss it, right? We've but if it's like if it's like an event, you set some time aside so that you can watch this like 30, 40 minute stream. Mm-hmm. That's fun. And it's like a thing that, and then and then you get to also there's like a community aspect where everybody's reacting afterwards and be like, oh man, did you see this? It's oh, yeah. it's so yeah, like oh they, they showed a there's going to be a Wolverine game and everybody's losing their minds. <laughs> there is going to be a Wolverine game. There uh, is the the only Canadian superhero that matters aside from Alpha Flight and all the other Canadian superheroes um, is oh I'm so excited I'm excited the, for Wolverine. 
the Annapurna Interactive Showcase is what it was called. Uh, was yes. live streamed July 29th, and uh, you can go to the 29 minute mark for the next project from Jessica Mack. Uh, I'll link that okay. in the show notes. Um, but yeah, it looks, and I think because that, yeah, because this is the 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 thing I'm looking at is from like July. Yes, that um, would have been the Annapurna Showcase. Yeah, and I I remember watching that and being like, wow, there's a lot of cool like Annapurna is making a lot more stuff than I knew about. <laughs> um, and so yeah, not not to focus on Annapurna, but um, uh, uh, Jessica Mack, uh, Sound Shapes was a Vita game that I know a lot of people liked. I didn't Big have fan. a Vita. Loved it. Um, I think I played a bit of it on PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I knew some people who had a Vita, and I'm pretty sure it was one of the ones that they were like, "This is really cool." Um, God, that's that's one of those things is that like if you knew somebody who had a Vita and liked it, the number of games they told they told you about to try to get you to buy a Vita is it becomes really difficult to pick out like what was the best Vita game because they're like there are a thousand amazing visual novels and RPGs. There on. are, and so the attach rate on on Vita was was pretty high. Estimates, uh, let me see if I can find a good estimate. Um, it was it was like about ten to fifteen games per console if you average out games sold versus consoles sold. Now we don't know exactly if it was like a smaller amount of people buying a lot of games, which I assume it was. But uh, as far as consoles go, it's a pretty high attach rate. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, as someone who had a Vita and was playing all the Sony AAA's and then playing all the great indies like Guacamelee yeah. and uh, I mean the, Severed and I think the the Vita is why we got the HD Metal Gear Solid collection. So I love it. Um, yeah, I guess yeah. It's like that. that. It's that domino meme where like uh, <laughs> there's the small domino with text over it, and then the huge domino at the other side. Yeah, um, um, and like because that was I for a few years as an adult, I would play Metal Gear Solid two or three on my birthday, just like for the weekend. Like that uh-huh. was basically I was just like I, you know what I'm gonna do because I'm starting to feel like my age. I'm like getting mid twenties, and I'm like, oh, I'm like. I don't feel like an adult, but I know I'm not a kid, and I know I'm gonna like. I know my knees are gonna start hurting more from this point on. Um, so, like, <laughs> I would just be like, I'm just gonna recapture some of that youth. Which, by the way, if I could, if I could launch into another tangent, okay, hit um, me. Because I want to make your job editing this as hard as possible. Absolutely. Um, Metal Gear Solid Two is probably one of, if not my favorite all-time game, uh, one of them, and. Part of the reason for that, one, one thing that will never leave my psyche is me being, I want to say, 13 and playing MGS2 late at night and I've reached Arsenal Gear. That's probably the best um, age to play MGS2. Yeah, um, I've reached Arsenal Gear mm-hmm. and I, you know, um, before this point in the game, all of the fourth wall breaks have been jokey stuff, right? Like little things like the the... You, you call somebody in the game to save your progress kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's it's the moment where the game drops the facade of like, you're an actual spy on this on the big shell and mm-hmm. kind of says like, okay, so you need to save? Um, you but call like, this character in the game who shouldn't be aware that he's in a game. Yeah, it's one, of those th- it's one of those things where like, one thing that I thought Metal Gear did really well that I don't think other games really that were meant to be narrative-driven did was it would break the fourth wall in ways that made sense mm-hmm. and didn't kill the vibe where so they would be like, you know, if you want to crouch, press the... Like, they would say, like, if you want to climb a ladder, go and press the action button. Mm-hmm. After after a whole bunch of stuff of, like, you're going to have to get up high and get in the vent, and then Colonel Campbell would suddenly stop and be like, if you want to climb the ladder, go to it and press the action button. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... Dropping that in the middle of a sentence, if we're supposed to believe this is, like an actual conversation between pe- real people in a real world, Snake should be going like, 
is he having a stroke? <laughs> but instead, instead, it's like, no, it's perfectly natural, and now, like, the story has progressed, and I know what I have to do mm-hmm. to keep it progressing. But, so, all the fourth wall breaks were like that until you get to Arsenal Gear and you get free, and the virus kicks in, and, uh, you know, so, it's one in the morning. Mm-hmm. Young Adam is sitting on his carpet, cross-legged, uh, about five feet from his CRT television, which I want to say was maybe a twenty-inch square uh, All right, like I'm there. across across the across the corner, thing. And corner. it was up on a, it was up on a shelf, so I was craning my neck to look at it too, mm. because you know the way that we used to sit and play games that was really healthy and and good for our eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm doing that. It's one in the morning. It's a school night. I'm supposed to be in bed. All the lights are off. All the lights are off, and the game is going. And then suddenly, the one of the one of the unskippable codec calls comes up and it's the colonel and his face is semi-transparent and I can see his skull and he says, Ryden, turn the game console off right now. <laughs> and I dropped the controller and I suppressed the urge to scream because I had I had a moment of like um of like dread of like, oh god, the console is trying to tell me it's gonna explode if it doesn't turn off or something. <laughs> um or like you know the moment where it's like you're a kid and you're like oh my god ghosts exist and this game is haunted, um, but like I had a, I had that moment of immediate fear, but I had a moment of clarity before I could make an exclamation sound that I am not supposed to be awake. So <laughs> it was like dropping the controller and then immediately tensing my entire body so I didn't do anything else that would let people know I was <laughs> that would up. blow your cover and just sitting there staring at the screen as it proceeded and like you Rose were playing coming two stealth on. games that night. Yeah, and Rose pops on all dead-eyed and is like, you'll hurt your eyes from playing so close to the television. And I'm like, that's true! I am close <laughs> to the television! <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. It's. I think that part might be like part of my whole affinity for Kojima stuff is just that like that stuck with me so hard. He, he, didn't, really do, he like, didn't really do any of that in Death Stranding, which is... He, did, like, he didn't do a ton of... I do, I do love the pizza missions, though. Yep, yep. Um, pizza the, like, when... when you when can't put it on, sideways, Adam. You can't put it sideways. That's the thing, is that you get on with Die Hardman, and he's been, he's like, Tommy Earl Jenkins, by the way, killed that role. He did. Um, if you haven't, if you have started playing Death Stranding and you haven't finished it, finish it, because the performance is like Oscar worthy. Um, I like Mads a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, at the yeah, end, when, when, when the, the facility's being stormed, I think like the last flashback. Oh, yeah. man, that was good. Oh, man. With the lullaby? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah, so it's good. good. And, and, okay, so... Um. Oh, shit. What, delivering what pizzas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Delivering pizzas, and he comes on, and he's like, "It's like, oh, this is a fun kind of jokey mission." But the intensity with he's like, "You can't turn it sideways. You'll ruin it. You will." <laughs> it's just like it's just like you can't <laughs> don't turn pizza sideways. He's like, "You have to. You can't ride around on a motorbike with this pizza. You'll you, you don't." And he's like, "Carry the pizza upright. Don't fuck this up." Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Just like this is so good. Man. I love how intense he's getting about the idea of like. If this if the cheese is a little lopsided, you're a failure as a you human are. being. <laughs> One out of five stars. Yeah. I so I beat Death Stranding back when it came out. Uh took yeah. me like I think I was like a fifty hour playthrough, pretty chill. Uh and then my girlfriend got me the director's cut for PS five for Christmas and I haven't I haven't even like unwrapped it yet because I'm like, I know as soon as this goes in, that's what I'm doing until I'm done it and I need to be ready for that, you know? So um yeah, and you know what, you really gotta I so I got the PS five upgrade recently. Nice. Um, that that I've been meaning to get for a while, and that's what I'm playing through now. And I gotta say, um, one thing that has just been very, very eye opening is so I when I I have a PSVR, 
mm-hmm. and it was always hooked up to my PS4. And what I didn't know at the time was that if you had the PS4 feeding through the PSVR like post processor into the TV, it couldn't use HDR. No, it was, it was just the base 1080p. No yeah, nonsense. so I played I played Death Stranding on a PS4 Pro without HDR or without 4K even. It, yeah, no, it was it was it was 1080p, uh, no HDR, and I didn't realize that because I was like, "Wow, this looks so good." Because you assumed <laughs> like every normal consumer of PlayStation products that oh, of course their console would be able to work with their headset and not lose yeah. features, but no, yeah. it's one and of then, the dumbest. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I exactly. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'll just to throw it out there. I am stoked for PSVR two now that it's man. Closed. They got the wire. Um, I need. I they need got, wireless. They got, Adam, they got they got the wire, but it's only one wire this time, uh, which is revolutionary. Only, okay, okay. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. But finish <laughs> the death training story. Also, the controllers aren't move controllers, so it's all good. That's true. Um, I like that the I like that the cameras are actually on the headset now too. Yes, no more um, camera on top of the TV. Yeah, that's the thing that killed it when I was like. Uh, I mean, Arkham VR will always have my my. Okay, when I got the PSVR, it was my birthday. My wife got it for me for my birthday. Um, and she also got uh, Arkham VR. The Batman. Are we both game. born in October? I think so. I was nice. uh, October sixteenth is my oh, birthday. I'm seventh. Go us. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, nine days apart. And I mean, a nine decade, days and ten like, years apart. Yeah. <laughs> other than that, years, <laughs> other than that, other than that, we're basically uh, you know just like well, peas what's in ten a pod. years between comrades. My pod has spoiled. Yours is still okay. I'm <laughs> working on it. Uh, but, uh, the, the, she, she got me the PSVR, she got me Arkham VR, and she got me a Batman t-shirt that she wrapped the game up in. And so I like, I get home from work that day. There's a PSVR box that I'm opening. She hands me this, this like, you know, it's a gift, but it's like, it's, it's like when you get a, when you get a, a, a gift package that has like cloth in it and you're like, oh, cool. You got me like something like clothing. Mm-hmm. And then a cartridge, or uh, like not a cartridge, but like the you know the box falls out of it, and it's like an Arkham VR, and it's a Batman shirt. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there is a photo of me that I will not be able to share publicly because I, I don't know where it is saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there is a photo of me standing in the Batman brooding pro- pose in the T-shirt with the VR headset on that I didn't know was being taken. Aww. Because I put on the T-shirt, I, I installed the PSVR, I installed the Batman game, and then I started playing it. And when I got into the Batcave and put the mask on, I was just so into it that I immediately Aww. like hulked my shoulders forward, just like I am fucking Batman. <laughs> just I, am, like, I am vengeance. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, and just like looking around, like you know, I'm a detective now. This is amazing. If you can find that fun. picture, there's a picture of me in Batman PJ bottoms as well as a Batman T-shirt holding <laughs> Batman Arkham Origins and Batman Arkham Blackgate, which launched on the exact same day in my grade ten year, uh, and that's one of the best days of my life. Um, so if I you find imagine. that picture, I'll, I'll find mine and, and we'll, we'll 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 compare notes because that. I'm realizing yeah, we're no, we're, a, uh, we're we're there's a lot of overlap on the Adam Steve. Yeah, there's Venn a lot of, there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> you were funny. a child, so it was more appropriate for you. Yeah, but I, I was still. It was like, yeah, I wow. This this guy in his mid twenties was doing all the same things I was doing in high school, and it's that's just like awesome. that's that's really cool for you. Uh, no, I, I'm sure I'm sure I'll still be doing uh, absurd things in in my twenties too. But yeah, no, absolutely. Wait, you're Adam, you're in your twenties currently. Yeah, <laughs> how dare you? Um, <laughs> we'll we'll wrap back to, to Death Stranding. I want to finish the news yeah, and wish list some games, and then uh, I really we can write out the end of this because that's when Steve and I ramble anyway. But uh, okay, last two bits of news. Uh, 
Toronto-based uh, Secret Location, which also has studios in LA. I don't know which one came first, so I shouldn't, shouldn't say Toronto-based. Uh, a bunch of Canadian developers in Toronto who work for Secret Location are working on uh, Nerf the Kids Toy Gun uh, yeah. Ultimate Championship. Uh, they just revealed gameplay for this uh, last month. Uh, it's coming out this year uh, exclusively to Oculus Quest 2, which is now Meta Quest 2, uh, but I will never i'm never gonna call it meta no it's oculus quest too um so the gameplay there's four classes the float the clash the sprint the vault and the way they're talking about this game uh really makes me feel like they get nerf in a real way um yeah because uh, here i'm gonna read this uh quote from josh manrick's studio director at secret location uh players can flow through levels like a world-class parkour athlete uh, we nice. want Nerf to feel like an enhanced, larger-than-life Nerf batter- battle. All our blasters have unique blasting patterns. The dart will fall off. There's some variability to the flight of the dart. Because you know when you shoot a Nerf gun and it just wobbles all over the place? As yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want some of that in my... Because uh, the, the, the style of the characters is a lot like Fortnite, because like every, everything kind of does that now. Uh, but if, if they nail that feel of like just shooting the wimpiest Nerf gun at someone, oh, yeah. but you're That's- going like... 20 kilometers an hour vaulting over like cool levels with a stadium full of people that would be amazing i am expecting a master class in game feel mm, i hope this. so i remember i, I remember so. seeing the preview for this the, the video mm. come out and i was like immediately i saw the video title and i was like a, a nerf game because i was just thinking like nerf is the real world game you play when 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 you're not playing like you know cod or something right mm. like that's is like you're you're pretending they're real guns or whatever right but but mm. it's just like and then i saw it and i was like no, this is so much cooler than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And also, like, just the... I'm expecting so much from it. And, and and my frame of reference is I want it to feel as good or better than um, when the Wii was out, uh, I had an, an NPPL Pro Paintball game Ooh. that was supposed to be... It wasn't from EA, but it was supposed to be like the EA Sports, but for Pro Paintball, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so playing that with the Wii Zap controller... Um, where you, where it's, I mean, it's a Wiimote, but you put it in like the zap mount. Yeah. And you're, you're um, pointing a plastic yeah. gun at the screen and it had, the, yeah. And it had the, the feel was so perfect because for the, a lot of the, it's different from how Nerf guns work, but with paintballs, when you fire them, they don't go in a straight line like a bullet, right? Cause there's no, there's no rifling and it's, it's a circular, it's a, it's an orb you're firing. It's not like, and a, there's also liquid in it that moves. So it like, yeah. So it kind of, it, it kind of veers off at some point mm-hmm. and you can also, you fire it like you can use it almost like a catapult at times. Um, or like a mortar or something like that, right? Where you're kind of like lobbing it over at people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's like a whole uh, physics aspect to being like, I'm going to try to get somebody who's behind a bunker to either jump out or get hit from like this distance because I can like watch the arc of the shots. Mm-hmm. And and so that was like an amazing experience in terms of just like game feel. Mm-hmm. And so, what, and that was the kind of, and I remember being blown away by that. And seeing that now for the, the, the Nerf VR thing, I was just sitting there kind of thinking, like, that was the feeling I got of, like, because you, you have to actually know, like, when you're playing, you know, first-person shooters, the idea is if you point at something, you're going to hit it. Mm-hmm. For the most part. There's, like, things that you, like, learn about specific weapons, like spread. And like and, and then Battlefield, like, it, like, snipers drop a little bit and stuff like that. But Yeah, but in, in this case, it's like, here's... A Nerf gun, you have to, or here's a like, you know, you have to know your tool well, mm-hmm. and I feel like the VR angle of it too gives it like that extra kind of personalized experience of like, you're gonna tilt your hand a little bit subtly mm-hmm. if you want to hit this spot, you know, and like, but then there's also the unreliability of like, it's gonna just veer off because like, 
you know, it's got that wobble. So even as a kid, yeah. like that was like something I, I learned naturally as a kid playing Nerf battles with my cousin at his place for his birthday is like even across the living room, I have to aim a little bit above your head, a little bit to the left, then I yeah. shoot and then it like whoop, does its physics thing and I hit you. And if and, they can translate like that. Do you know yeah, that you, indie game, uh, The Floor is Lava, where they just take the kids game and then make yeah. it in, a first-person indie parkour game where they will take, like, a living room or a high school or a, a shopping mall and make the floor actually lava, and so you play the kids game? Like, nice. if they can translate the Nerf battle experience that is in the mind of, like, an 8- to 10-year-old, I don't know what age appropriate for Nerf, but if they can take that experience we remember and translate that into a VR game, that that's the money. Yeah. And I can I just throw out there in a mm-hmm. general sense because of the nerf thing mm-hmm. that I really love the generation of games we're in kind of at the moment because we're we're back to an era where it's like being cartoony isn't like shamed and doing just like the fun thing isn't isn't stupid mm-hmm. like you can make the floor is lava you can make fall guys and stuff and people we're, we're over it. the the mid 2000s everything is a dark yeah. gray and brown first person shooter. yeah back back when yeah the um when uh what was it yahtzee would say like the brown castle the other brown castle or the gray mm-hmm. castle mm-hmm. <laughs> um and yeah but it's just it's 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 great oh, my dog it just is. threw a toy into my face good um awesome <laughs> that's that's a sign for our last news story of the week uh coming at us from vancouver bc adam do you are you familiar with backbone released i am i barely missed backing it on kickstarter and i was oh, kicking no. myself well it um, came to game pass so so that's that's nice but uh oh it did okay it did which is where i played it and they have already announced a sequel for 2022 the thing i like a lot about backbone is one of the developers uh, I, f- I forget her name uh, is very um active on twitter in terms of like transparent about their company and so they recently sort of like uh posted about how much money they've earned at different jobs in their life on different projects uh, oh, that's like, cool. like annual salary and so like they weren't making great money on backbone one but they have now they publish their support uh they have a lot of success from from backbone one and their their salaries significantly increase like they're they're like this is what i'm gonna make as I work on Backbone 2. And I'm like, wow, th- that's a very living wage that you're working on right now. And yeah. like, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, and seeing that transparency with how um, the success of Backbone is leading to a more healthy, uh, better yeah. development of Backbone 2 is, is something really interesting to me, even before hearing about the premise of the game, because I assume it'll, it'll be mechanically similar to Backbone yeah. and narratively one of those stories. But like even knowing that's where it's starting it has me interested in, like, okay, we're, we're getting developers making sustainable livings off of making indie games and that's really exciting to me um that's the thing that's the dream though right is like it is because <laughs> knowing knowing that they did that i'm really happy to hear that i wish i had seen that before this but i hadn't i hadn't heard about that with the with the wages and stuff but i'll uh, find the tweet but continue yeah back back um when backbone one was on kickstarter so i mean not even specifically back when but just sort of knowing that that's come that's the the spin-off effect or the knock-on effect from a kickstarted game that like people were definitely working on for free at some point right mm-hmm. because they were like this is our passion project or something or this is our this is our first like we're 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 an indie game studio now and we're going to make this game and try to have a go of it it's like mm-hmm. you have a certain amount of upfront investment maybe but if you're going to kickstarter it probably wasn't much and you know or it like it basically like if you're if you're going to kickstarter it's like in a lot of cases my assumption is you've been doing this for free and now you're like we're at a point where we can make the pitch and try to turn it into a real legit like job, mm-hmm. um, 
and so that's and but we need funding but we also think we can demonstrate like give us funding and also here's an existing consumer base that's already said they're going to buy it mm-hmm. um so it's just to know that they went from that to and now i make a, a living wage and benefits and stuff it's like that's hooray mm-hmm. that's so good because that's what everybody working on a like I, i'm pretty sure everybody working you know for little or no pay on games uh, as an indie and thinking about making it when they think about making it they think about i will open a small studio i will have employees the employees will make good money you know mm-hmm. it's not it's not like um they they don't they don't imagine waking up and coding beside their bed forever mm-hmm. it's it's you, you want to make it and you want to make it in a way that's sustainable and also shares the benefits mm-hmm. and so to hear that that's happened is just like oh man that's so awesome yeah. i I am immediately like, whatever the studio does, I'm sold on it now. <laughs> I I really liked Backbone. I actually didn't finish it. I got I think like a halfway through it. It's interesting if if you haven't checked it out on Game Pass, like uh, classic <coughs> pixel art, um, sort of action adventure, point and click elements. Uh, it's set in Vancouver, but like everyone's anthropomorphic. Yeah, it's like a it's like a post. Uh, is it a post apocalyptic Vancouver? No, no, no. Or? It's they call it post noir. So it's it's very That's much. It playing with like there is like a caste system of animals in the city where like apes are on top that's it um, yeah and, and i because i had seen that it was bottom. i had seen that it was like i hate that the term furries is now what comes to my mind Im- immediately because i'm thinking like they're, they're <laughs> as kind instead of, of anthropomorphic <laughs> yeah yeah because they're anthropomorphic animal right like it's like i want to be clear that this is not a fetish thing this is like an old disney movie right like with yeah the, where yeah it's like is robin it's like hood. robin hood yeah. robin hood is a we fox went to the su- get out of my head adam <laughs> Yeah, Robin Hood is a fox. You accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, little John is Baloo. I mean, he's Little John. He's not Baloo. What are you talking about? Um, but oh, I know uh, what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, no, but that's the thing because they had like they used they straight up used the Baloo, uh, you know, cell animation cells, and then added a uniform to make Little John. But then they were like, he's Little John. He's not Baloo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was the weirdest thing. And then like, why was the sheriff of Nottingham a snake? No. Uh, oh th- no. The snakes. The, the, uh, was it the sheriff of Nottingham or was it the king? The king. The, somebody's a lion in a the crown. He's sucking his thumb. Yeah, the king's the lion. He's, the snake is the advisor who's actually like telling him what to do. Yeah, and he's somebody is always sucking their thumb. Yeah, that's the king. And it's so weird to me that. The, and I like in <laughs> retrospect, it's like as a kid, it was like hee-hee, and as an adult, I'm like, why did you do that? I don't understand <laughs> this creative choice. Was this yeah. just because you knew it would make kids giggle? Hey, maybe. <laughs> like, but, probably, uh, right? Yeah, so there's a, a 30 second teaser that's just like panning across one of the environments. Uh, this sequel appears to take place at winter, where at least everything I experienced in the first one was kind of like a, a, a late summer, maybe fall, I'm not quite remembering. Um, yeah, just some music yeah. while you pan across some beautiful pixel art. And then, uh, yeah, new backbone coming 2022. Coming 2022. And so it's- is a quick turnaround because that is back- i imagine see i had heard um i want to say it was the habibis podcast if you're mm. familiar Shout outs. um i believe uh actually mori alves developer uh osama dorius uh Darius. yeah he's he's awesome everybody loves him i need i need a hug um osama but, come on uh, the Canadian game Dose podcast yeah <laughs> come on the podcast bring free hugs yeah um <laughs> but uh he was he, there was an episode where he was talking about backbone and he said it sort of like it seemed to end abruptly and it's yes. sort of like that was his feeling and like it kind of he mentioned something about shifting mechanics or something near the end but i don't, I don't know what that was mm. but um he said it kind of ended abruptly and so he 
expected the story to continue. And so I have to wonder if it's one of those things where it's like, you, you're almost like, at the point that you're ready to ship the first game, you've kind of got like the prologue for the second one is like started, and it's like, basically that like, by virtue of how the first game was made, pre-production on number two is pretty much done by the time you ship. I see what you mean. That kind of thing where it's like, it's like we know there's going to be a sequel because like this is our cutoff point for the first one and the story will continue and here's exactly, like we basically have a script. We have to write a few extra scenes or something. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, the idea of like, it's it's still going to be in the same place. We just have to add snow, which by the way, if if you didn't know that this was a fictionalized Vancouver, there's snow. So now you know. Um, it's true. That's yeah. It's it should just be wet in December there, but it's not. It's it's snowy. Um, but I think yeah, it's snow. Yeah, a bit now and then, right? Like I thought they'll, they'll get more snow in the coming years. For that's uh, true. Uh, they'll get a lot more reason. more snow, more lava. We're all gonna uh, get a lot more of everything. It's true. When the uh, yeah, that's that's that was people were asking about predictions for 2022, and I was thinking like, well, the ocean caught fire last year. It did so. I expect that the Canadian Shield is going to spontaneously melt into a new ocean. Probably, um, which is which would be weird because it's made of you know metal and rock. H- H- Hudson's Bay um, becomes the Hudson Sea. Yeah, like the the yeah. There's now the the. I wonder if it turned into like an ocean. Basically, would it just become part of the Arctic Ocean? Do you think? Nah, if it's inland enough, they... it becomes a sea, right? Because the difference oh, is yeah, salt yeah, water, yeah. right? So yeah, it'll be. It wouldn't happen oh, because the elevation. You know what? But you know what? If what? it was, if it was based on where the Canadian Shield is, I mean, obviously, it's not going to melt and turn into an ocean. But I can dream. Um, mm. if, <laughs> if that were to happen, um, we could call it the Sea of Gimli, like uh, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, because so uh, are you familiar with Crown Royal, the liquor? Yeah, the rye, the rye, the fancy rye whiskey. Yes. Yeah, it's made in Manitoba. Huh. In northern Manitoba, in a town that was mostly settled by, I want to say, they're like Scandinavian. I don't know what kind of Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say Swedish, but, or not Swe- Yeah, Sweden, Scandinavia. I was, I was mixing up, up Sweden there. and Switzerland in my head for a sec. Um, but like Norway, Sweden, Denmark kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the town is called Gimli. Manitoba, <laughs> and it is spelled it is spelled exactly the same way as the dwarf in Lord of the Rings. Okay, so my immediate thought is like if if it melted just far enough that like the main like Gimli went from being a landlocked uh, you know whiskey town of like eight thousand people or something mm-hmm. to the main port <laughs> for inland <laughs> for inland North America for the Hudson and it's sea. the Sea of Gimli, the Gimli Sea, um, <laughs> yeah. I like you. Um, we'll, we'll we'll option yeah. that for our own uh, dystop- dystopic post noir. Uh, I mean, I'm actually kind of I'm open to that if you want to. I mean, that that sounds fun. That sounds fun. Put on the list. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so shoutouts to Eggnut is the studio. Um, I couldn't find the tweet, but uh, if you look up creator of Backbone Twitter and scroll, you'll you'll find it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I've got so a lot of Twitter a, follows. I got to do after this. You do. <laughs> Everyone in the listening to just go down to the show notes. Uh, Adam, are you familiar with Wishlist This, a segment we do every episode of this podcast? I am. I am. Do you currently have Steam open? I do. Well, I yeah, I gotta. It's not up, but it's it's running. It's um, running. Pop that bad boy open, and it is time to wishlist some Canadian games. For those of you who don't know, every week on the show, uh, I pick three upcoming Canadian-made games. Everyone has to add to their wishlist right now. I'll make sure Steve does it. Don't worry. I'm. I am hoping. I am. If if I have uh, 
like I okay, so I don't know what games you're gonna say, mm-hmm. um, just for the listeners and also for my own. I just I ramble. Um, mm-hmm. So I have Steam open. I'm ready mm-hmm. to search. All right, but if I uh, if I have any of these already wish listed, I'm gonna just like boast like crazy. Okay, I don't okay. think you will, but okay. let's see. <laughs> Uh, first up this week coming at us from Sharp End Studio in Ontario, releasing March fifteenth of this year. Civitas, I think I'm pronouncing that right. C I V I T A S. Quote. I, I do a movie theater voice uh, trailer oh, yeah, trailer voice. This <clears throat> Civitas is a city and world builder game inspired by Renaissance map artwork. Using procedurally formed landscapes, this sandbox style game allows you. <laughs> freedom to bring your medieval and renaissance cities to life without the pressure of survival escape into a world of your own creation so i think i really like about this pitch is that line without the pressure of survival because i've played a lot of these kind of games and it reaches a point maybe like a couple hours in where everyone hates me i either don't have enough food or i don't have enough water someone's invading and it's like "Ah, i'm done with this game it got stressful so the idea of one of these games where it's just about the making the town look good and building out yeah. your thing very interesting to me instead uh, instead of worrying about an uprising you're just kind of like hey go where i tell you exactly and i want to make a cute little medieval town yeah, it's it's like it's like the midpoint of a god game and like a city builder yes um the the i don't know like i wasn't familiar with the renaissance map style um but if, if you just google like renaissance maps in one browser and then look at the screenshots oh, yeah, no. my on immediate Steam thought page, my immediate thought is that I'm going to love this game. So I have wishlisted it now. I'll play the sound. My immediate thought is I am going to get this game because I get a very strong Carcassonne vibe from it. And I love the board Ooh, game Carcassonne. Okay. Like are Carcassonne. you familiar? Have I, you played, I have yeah. played a lot of Carcassonne. And, and I, yes, my I wife and I, it's our, too. My wife and I, it's our go-to game. She beats me like 99% of the time because <laughs> I'm just, I don't understand it. I like, I'm, <laughs> is it the farms? Under- Do the farms strip you up? It is the farms. It's yeah. the farms because we play with certain expansions, and we have the farms, we have the barns, we have the pigs. Oof! And a lot of so mechanics on the go. Her barn placement is always perfect, and mine is always just off. And I think it's just—I don't know if it's that I try to make cities too big, mm. or what happens. But I just—I never get as many cities in that. There's always there's always a point where even if I'm like ahead of her by like thirty points at the end of the game, mm-hmm. once we start scoring, the chances are she's going to lap me on the board. <laughs> it's just, that's funny it's and it's just rough <laughs> you can't get lapped in this adam in civitas it's just you and your town and the pretty art style and ui because the ui is kind of like uh yeah like old illustrations and like yeah i really like the i really love the vibe actually from the ui with the and and there's the hot keys lined up below it mm-hmm. and um like just the like the pick and the axe and that and where it's the kind of the very old timey newspaper drawing, right? Yeah. Um, of, of of an object. Like if you were if you were to look at if you were to see um, one of those kind of like old old school printing press flyers saying like the Yukon is full of gold, that's <laughs> what the tools would have looked like. Yes. Uh, or 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 maybe a more modern touch point is like the interstitial scenes or between skits and Monty Python, like that kind of art. Which, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's a bit exactly that. it. A bit of that. Yeah. Um, no, it's good, gonna, good call. It's going to launch in early access for at least six months. Um, uh, they have a, a no gifts. Steve and I like seeing gifts in the about this game section, but that's okay. They do have some nice uh, art. Uh, and then they have a team picture, which I don't think I've seen in a Steam page yet, having done this show for a couple years and looked at a couple hundred thousand. No, that's not true. Yeah. Lots of Steam pages. Uh, 
I, yeah, they have a nice team picture at the bottom here. Sharp End Studio is a video game media company based in Hamilton. Uh, and so that's nice, too. I like seeing people... So, oh, Hamilton, southwestern Ontario. Steel City. is Yeah, that's that's it's Steel City, and it is it is in the same region as the Forest City where I am. And so we're very much... I mean, yeah, you're Hamilton, only like an hour and a half away. Hamilton yeah. is as east as you can go while still being in southwestern Ontario. That's true. Um, what about Niagara? So it's, no, Niagara is further east, isn't it? Niagara is for Niagara is southeast of Toronto. Mm. Um, yeah, so Niagara is like St. Catharines, um, Buffalo. If if you're talking about like where where you match up to the U.S. is, mm-hmm. is Niagara, and and of course there's a obviously there's a town called Niagara Falls, um, and like Niagara on the lake and that. Mm-hmm. But you know that's. Those they're, they're those are much smaller than St. Catharines. So. Yeah, no one talks about them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, All right. So Civitas from Sharpen Studios in Hamilton. Check it out, and it's already on the wish list. Next. Hey, all you cool cats out there, go go wish list Civitas <laughs> right now. I like it. Uh, next game from Insanity Core in Toronto. Uh, Headless Jeff Dash Three. Jeff's all caps here. Quote. Embark on a chaotic adventure through dangerous gauntlets and complex puzzles, all from the perspective of your detached head. Overcome head-twisting obstacles as you stumble along in your quest to escape the abandoned industrial megasetter in this action-packed second-person puzzle platformer. I don't think I've seen a game... Yeah, I don't think I've seen a game describe itself as second-person. Because in literature, second-person is somewhere between an omnipotent narrator in a first person perspective, right? Yeah, it's like somebody telling you about somebody. Yeah. Right? It's like a, it's like a it's like a character who was there but isn't really involved as much. Yeah. So so the the pitch and and looking from this trailer, it kind of there's lots of different perspectives happening. Sometimes it's first person, sometimes it's someone watching. It almost looks like there's a camera being moved around the space, which maybe there is, and that's how you're you're setting yeah. up. Like you maybe. Well, you so it looks camera. like the with the camera being moved around the space. So it's his head. Oh yeah. So it's a, he's he's stationary, and and you're watching from your own detached head. Mm-hmm. Which uh, do you have the wish list noise ready? I have it. Let's go. I'm about to click. Do One, it. two, three. Click. Boom. All right. Um, but yeah. So I wonder. I assume that some of these puzzles, because like you have to figure out how to get to your head, is what what I'm understanding of this, and and keep moving. So I'm wondering if the head is like there are probably going to be puzzles where it's like the head is on a deactivated conveyor belt or something so if you if you solve the puzzle and you hit the button the head shifts and then you have to keep up with the point of view mm. moving in the scene but it's not you so it's it's like you know you're it's sort of like um if instead of i'm i, I mean i haven't seen if this is in the game this is this is my hope mm-hmm. is i want a moment where it's kind of like playing an old Resident Evil game where the camera angle is like you're you're kind of awkwardly dealing with the camera angle, and except that in the old Resident Evil games the camera never panned; it always just mm-hmm. cut. So I want yeah. I want to see a pan. That's what I want. This is interesting. This will be the second uh, headless character game I've played. I played a Headlander from Double Fine several years ago, <laughs> which was a very interesting yeah. uh, Metroidvania 2D game. This is uh, obviously a 3D slapstick physics kind of like i feel like it's gonna be a lot of like octodad physics in this yeah uh but yeah it's such and i didn't notice but it is the head is the camera and however you're moving this this camera around head twisting obstacles is also a great part of the descriptor 
Just to just to clarify, do you know if this is a third game or is Jeff Three the robot's model? Let me see. I'm something. going to their page. This is the first game from them on Steam, so Jeff Three must be like the model number of this character. Yeah, I think that. Okay, so that's pretty cool. That's great. Um, Planned release date this year. Uh, not many other details uh, on the Steam page yet, um, but yeah, I, it looks fun. I I like puzzle games that do different things with perspective and i don't think i've ever had a game pitch itself to me as second person yeah that's the thing that's because that's um i mentioned old resident evil games but that was how like if you played uh games in the era of metal gear solid one final fantasy seven and, and resident evil two three mm-hmm. right that was the standard was you have a fixed camera mm-hmm. somewhere or you have like the camera might be above you or something and, and it's top down, but you usually had a fixed camera somewhere and you moved throughout the scene in a 3D environment. So mm-hmm. it's like second person cameras definitely existed in that era, but nobody called it that. Yes. So that's that's a really cool kind of observation on their part just to use that, just to point out that like this is a second person view. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, it is. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And I like that. And I'm going to play this game. And I hope, uh, I hope you will too. Last game today from uh, active participant on our Discord and Quebec-based developer Dragon Slumber comes Wordish, uh, capitalizing on the popularity of Wordle. Wordish takes on takes word games to the next level. Find the proper words in this challenging and customizable puzzle game. Challenge your friends through codes or even with live multiplayer. So that's sort of the innovation on the formula that Dragon Slumber. Uh, first name kevin i believe in our discord is doing here uh have you played wordle adam the the game taking i have my wife and i just i had seen people tweeting about it and i was like what is this Mm. and uh my wife loves puzzles and so we've started doing the daily wordle uh good just just yesterday or the day before we started doing it um so that's so if you're if you're into seeing people's wordle scores you should follow (laughs) me on twitter (laughs) i am into seeing people's wordle scores uh I was a little skeptical when he first showed a, a picture, a video of this in in the Discord. So I was like, "This is just 3D Wordle. Like, you just took Wordle and made it 3D." But the, adding that multiplayer yeah. in the game rather than people sharing it on Twitter um, genuinely feels like you know a different I- I- different innovation on this formula. Which word games are older than video games themselves, but oh, absolutely, yeah. It's a uh, it's it's interesting, and I love how the second screenshot. Uh, is by me is the words being spelled some yeah. subliminal subliminal marketing there I, I I'm on to you Kevin uh, and yeah what do you what do you think of wordish I think it looks neat um, I'm kind of uh, so yeah new puzzle each day endless customizable challenge levels challenge your friends through codes or even live multiplayer and level up your game through the exclusive XP system that last one I don't really know what they're saying mm. um, so much because it's like the exclusive XP system. I assume just means that you gain levels and badges or something, but then, I don't know. Um, but I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, you know, this is... Uh, first of all, I love Wordle, so I'm absolutely cool with somebody else making a game like Wordle. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I hope it has one limitation that I discovered in Wordle the other day mm. uh, when I was solving it, and I won't say what letters I was having trouble with, um, because I don't want to, like, spoil the Wordle of the day for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um because I did it, I I did it uh, like three hours after it launched last night, um, mm. so so it's it's today's uh, Wordle. But um, basically, the or this isn't live. I can spoil. No, it. you can you can just uh, say but, it. <laughs> yeah. So it was crank. It was crank. Okay. Um, and I had cran, 
and a bunch of letters were grayed out. Um, and so, like, I had gotten to Cran from, like, I had eliminated a certain number of vowels early on. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, I tried, like, Cran with two Ns because I was like, what word, what letter is going to end this word? Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, like, no, that doesn't work. Like, I had start, I tried a couple letters. And the thing that happened was it didn't use up a guess because it would say if you tried to submit something that wasn't in their dictionary at all, even mm-hmm. if it was... Like, so if it wasn't the word, but it also wasn't a word, it would say that's not a word. Yeah, it wouldn't count that as a guess. And so the thing that I really like about that is that because afterwards, um, before I kind of put two and two together, um, so I solved Crank, and then afterwards, before I put two and two together, uh, my wife had played the same one, and when she finished, we kind of looked at how each other had played it. And so my first word was uh, punts, like somebody punts a ball. Right. Um. And her first word was quilt. And I was like, I just immediately looked at it and I was like, that's a good first word because Q is a rare letter. <laughs> it so is. So if Q shows up, you and like Q always goes with a U. So if you have a U and a Q, That'll if, you have down. One, if you have one or the other, you know you have it. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking like, and you've got two vowels. And I was like, I should make sure to use two vowels in my first word. And then I was like, why don't I just do A-E-I-O-U as my first word? <laughs> and then I'll know which vowels are in the word and that'll shave off so many guesses immediately. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, but it has to be a word. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's a great limitation that it has to be a word mm-hmm. because now I can't throw in gibberish just to eliminate, like I can't just throw in here are the five most common letters in English mm-hmm. and just like figure out which ones are gone, you know? That's where you have to pick a word where the letters are the most common letters and in the most common placements. So I've actually yeah. seen people say like a rise or a rant or um, oh, there's a couple, there's a couple like, like just statistically these words if you use them first are likely to give you the best information fastest uh and and i know some people don't like playing that way like people like like i wouldn't have picked quilt because i know q words are some of the there's less q words in the english language than most other letters um but that gives you a different experience than if i picked arise or rant or something as my first letter every day that would get boring if you spelled q like q u e u e um, that would be probably the worst way to go about it. Because <laughs> only it's like none of those letters are in it, but also you've only eliminated three letters. Or if you could pick a word <laughs> with the least amount of vowels or no vowels. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing is that the vowels kind of really... It's like Because which, fortune, which vowels you're using... Because I got to Cran because it was like, I know I have a C, an R, and an A, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't at that point have any of the placement. I just knew that I had those three letters. Mm. And so I was looking at it and I was like, well... I know where they aren't, and so I like you never come across a word that's like NR. Mm-hmm. So um, at that point, I just kind of knew, like, hey, I, I'm definitely not going to have NR, so I know that it has to be C. And I was like, it's either Karn or Cran, and what could come after the N that I haven't already eliminated that could make it Karn something? Nothing. So it's Cran something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's that's the vowels entirely give you that information um, on their own because like I've eliminated other vowels I know that I can't use a U anywhere mm-hmm. here um, but yeah so that's ah oh, this so anyway we're talking about wordle but wordish wordish looks wordish looks great and you and want it actually, to have that feature of telling only letting you guess words yeah and I'm about yeah. to add it to my wish list there we go and, I'll play the sound effect and it's added boom. That is it for wish list this for this week. 
uh again i get these from twitter or some people just post them in the discords however you want to get it in front of us we want to wish list it uh yeah join our discord hang out add canadian games to your wish list to appease the almighty steam algorithm yeah all right adam let's close out this week it's a long one if you're still with us thank you i want to talk about what we've been playing uh so i think i mentioned or i hope i did to just you know know any games we've been playing if you want to talk about them i'm going to talk about all the canadian games i've played since uh last podcast which or last real podcast steve and i did a little mini one last week but i played a bunch of canadian games and i want to tell you a bit about some of them if you don't mind okay so I picked up Darkest Dungeon 2 in the Epic uh, Holiday Sale uh, with the, the coupon. It was a pretty good deal. And I didn't realize it's, like, fully 3D, which I should have because, like, we've been covering it since it was announced in PC Gamer and, like, the big thing was the new 3D character portraits. And I'm like, oh, cool, it's going to, like, just blend some 3D art style into this game because Darkest Dungeon 1 was 2D. Um And, no, it's, like, full 3D. You're piloting, like, a 3D carriage through 3d environments and then when you like bump into someone that starts a battle uh the the characters are still in the same positions facing each other as darkest dungeon one but they're all 3d models now and then when like one character from the other team attacks one of your characters they like pull a close-up of both of them like doing a little kind of motion graphic and and their, their 3d models can like have like a relatives like so someone lunges with a spear or something and like the other pair oh. if they dodge then it's like behind the sphere that there's spear that kind of stuff which i wasn't anticipating and it works really well like this game launched uh, in early access i think it's going to early access for a year i think and then come to other platforms as well uh but exclusive to the epic game store for launch um and yeah it's it's a very very strong launch like i would liken my experience with darkest dungeon 2 early access a launch content to what I saw from like Hades at their early access launch at the game awards in okay. 2018. Cause that yeah. night my friend bought Hades uh, and I just watched them beat everything that was in the game up because it went to Meg or the first boss, I think. And it was like, that's it for the early access content. Uh, and so I haven't gotten to the end, like I've gotten up to, but not the end of all the content in darkest dungeon two. I have to beat what they've got so far. Um, but it is such a strong launch and I really think this game's going to, and maybe it'll have like a Hades moment where like people didn't talk about Hades until the year it launched 2020. Uh, really? No, like people talked about it and stuff, but it didn't like win game of the year awards and like blow up to the extent that it did the year it launched. So I think emulating that for uh, red hook studios in Vancouver is probably a smart idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have an experience um, with darkest engine? I have not played it. I have meant to for a very long time. But every time I think about playing it, the despair thing really puts me off because I'm never... Basically, whenever I think about playing it, I'm kind of in a headspace of like, oh, this might hit too hard. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like... Being a being an okay headspace to start this game because there's a, there's a high chance you won't be in a good headspace when you finish your, your session. Or at least like the 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 theme of darkest dungeon 2 is despair and like sort of lovecraftian world destroying character minds breaking uh that's yeah the theme. yeah that's then that's kind of what um makes that that's what always gives me pause when i'm mm-hmm. thinking about uh doing it is 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 that one I'm no, yeah, know, know your limit game within it definitely <laughs> yeah yeah is yeah so um, I just wanted to verify that I was right about which games were Canadian that I was going to talk about. Really good, good. Why don't you um, hit me? Hit me with one of your games. 
Uh, keyword, a spider's thread, is oh, I one this that one. I have not gotten too far into, but I, I, I like it. It's a detective cyberpunk game. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just added Chinese voiceovers. If you uh, would, if any of your listeners are more comfortable with uh, with uh, uh, playing in Chinese than English, is, there, is uh, the developer Chinese? The developer is. Um, I think some of the developers are, are Chinese Canadian. They're in Toronto, I think. I always least- like I always like playing games like in the the language of like where, where like there was a you know blasphemous that indie game made in Spain. Like oh yeah yeah. Yeah, they eventually added like Spanish to it. That wasn't there at launch because like they wanted to hit the bigger markets. But I was like, oh, I wanted to wait and play that game in Spanish. Or like when uh, Ghost of Tsushima came out, I'm like, I want to play that once they add the VO for Jab Japan because it's a game mm-hmm. set in feudal Japan, so it's dumb that they speak English. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I like when being able to play a game like in the language, not that the developers speak, but that like can't that it's meant words. to be told in. I think so. Yeah, uh, but continue. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm just trying to remember who the developer is now. It I says feel like, City From Not, Inc. Yes, that's, okay, City From Not, and it's like N-A-U, right? N-A-U-G-H-T, City. yeah. Yeah, City From Not. That's it. Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a good, um, it's a, it's a neat little kind of detective game, um, mm-hmm. cyberpunk-y theme, and, um, or is it cyberpunk, or is it like, programmer punk or something what is, what, is it, what is it called set in the near future um, of 2048 in a city inspired by toronto yeah. uh, keyword merges cyberpunk with traditional chinese aesthetics creating an eerie and immersive environment yeah and it, it's it, it's so pretty it looks so good and so the 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 thing that um i was going to mention actually is when you mentioned the uh the whole uh, idea of you're going to do um uh, like you like to play it in the language that they want it to be in. For mm. me, with a ga- it really depends on how it looks. Mm. Um, because if I if I'm looking at something that's meant to be like here's a very here's a big like visual feast, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be I don't want to be constantly tracking down to look at subtitles mm-hmm. because I want to be focused on the the aesthetic kind of things. But at the same time, sometimes I, I mean it. So like I uh, if you want to hate me, I watch anime with dubs. Um, I don't hate you. <laughs> and I, <laughs> um, I watch it with dubs, unless the dub is really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I tried to watch the Death Note dub, and I couldn't. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'll, like, if, if it's a good dub, and if it's, like, very much meant to be, like, here's an aesthetic experience. Like, if it's just, you know, um, if it was, like, voiceover pixel art, I would probably be fine with whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, although, that's not to say pixel art can't be pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I get you. Yeah, I get you. I, yeah so I think it's... Uh, the the person yeah so there's there's actually there's somebody in there's somebody in it um, named uh, Sala and I think Sala is also uh, one of the developers names and uh, she's uh, Toronto based and it's it's really really cool um, and yeah so I would I would recommend that one as well awesome um, I'm not that far into it if something horrible happens in the game that makes me not <laughs> able to play it I, and that happens to you as well I'm so sorry but. Uh, <laughs> But I didn't know when I recommended it, so don't come for me. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that, and then um, the other one that I am just about to get into is inscription. Mmm. So yeah, very excited that, for you to check that out. Yeah, that, Steve, that's Steve's that's waiting a, until he can get his Steam Deck. Uh, oh yeah, that's he wants yeah. to play on the couch, but uh, 
Inscription's great. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to play it. Okay. Um, yeah, I. it's one of those things, especially where when I'm looking at it, so um, I'm kind of torn on the Steam Deck. I'm, I'm excited for the Steam Deck, but I think I need to get another USB keyboard and mouse or something mm-hmm. um, because as much as I like love the, the sort of Switch-type aspect of it, um, when I play first-person games and when I play games that are either like a point and like I played Disco Elysium on PS5 and huh. it was I feel like suboptimal compared to if I had been playing with a mouse mm-hmm. um, it's just it's a lot more awkward to use a cursor with a joystick and it's also yeah. a lot more awkward to kind of you know make sure you've highlighted the right thing when it's just like if you have a mouse that's an intuitive thing we've all learned to use right it's a pixel on the um, screen instead of a circle yeah. that's a couple hundred pixels wide maybe yeah and you're and you're very much used to in your mind, like, like the mouse is actually a really cool invention just because of how much of your brain power is spent on interacting with your hands. Mm -hmm. Like, um, people talk about like sight being the the most important sense kind of for most humans. Um, but really it's like the, the way our hands work, um, and not, not to be exclusionary. Like, I mean, for people who have working hands, Mm -hmm. um, it's the amount of power that goes into your brain to basically articulate all of your fingers and, position your hand and and handle pressure and and all that to like take input and handle output and how you manipulate things with your hands is just like such a huge part of how you interact with the world Mm -hmm. and so the the ability to take it's not even hand eye cord it's kind of hand eye coordination insofar as your hand is on the the flat surface with the mouse and in your brain you've just automatically mapped the position of the mouse on the table to the screen and, and so that you're able to intuitively move around this little thing that represents a pointer with something that is in no way connected to it. That that hurt my head a bit, but I like do it. You, do you understand what I'm no, saying? No, I, I think I do, and, and that's that's something it's, I've never really thought of it. I just it is it, you know? <laughs> like, the mouse is actually one of the coolest inventions to me for that reason. And it's a contender. I will, if you want to have me back on the podcast, I doubt do. you do because I, I imagine this is your worst episode now. Oh no, but, this is our um, longest it's... episode in years, Adam. Get get ready. Okay, all right, good, good, good. Um, that's cool. We can you can bring on other developers and I can interview them. I can be like, where are the bodies? <laughs> all um, that to say, uh, <laughs> but Steam the mouse Deck, is really cool. Steam Deck is not appealing to you because uh, it's going to take games meant to be played on a PC with a mouse and. Oh no, it. I'm. I'm... I'm excited because I have it. I have I, I ordered one, and I'm excited to get it because you can hook up a mouse and a, a keyboard to it. Mm-hmm. So I probably will do that for like first-person games and like point-and-click games. And, and the reason I mentioned it is because Inscription is a card game, mm-hmm. right? So, like a card game, I would rather play with a mouse, mm-hmm. um, just because it's like I'm going to click on a card and move it somewhere, or I'm going to you know. Um, whereas with like a if I'm going to be playing a game that's like a card game with a controller on a TV mm-hmm. or a small screen, I would rather it be like one of those old Pokemon JRPG menus where you just go through a vertical list of things mm. with, with the D pad. Um, it, it just, it, it, it's a weird, I don't know if it's weird per se, but it's kind of like, I have my own UX idea of how I want to interface with certain things in my head. Have you and ever used a steam controller? I haven't. Okay, I have, so I have not gotten the opportunity. The interesting thing about the Steam Deck is under both analog sticks are two touch pads. And yes. you'll be able to use them interchangeably. So if you want to like move with the left stick but aim with the right touch pad, 
I will say Ooh. using the touch pads on the Steam controller, which I assume will feel similar to the Steam Deck, uh, it really emulates the feel of moving a mouse on a table to moving your thumb on a touchpad. And in okay. a way that I think, like it might it might still not work for you, but until you're like, until you're trying to move a mouse kind of like a touchpad, it's it's somewhere between a trackpad on a laptop with your index finger and a mouse. Um, I hate okay. trackpads, but using yeah, the like I'm, left, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I shouldn't have opened with trackpad. Using like the left stick and then like the mouse particular movements with a touchpad on your, your right thumb feels really good. And, and having that, and also the steam deck is going to be touchscreen. So if inscription yeah. supports touchscreen, almost like dragging oh. cards might even feel as good as clicking and placing cards. I'm See, not sure, but yeah. And, that, and the, the, the thing that's really funny right now is you're listing these things and I'm going, Oh yeah, that sold me on <laughs> it. Although like when I, when I ordered it uh, after I saw what it was, mm-hmm. I basically, I think, and this is the ADHD is that I ordered it and then like it could basically six months could go by and I would get like a Steam Deck in the mail and I open it and I'm like oh sick I forgot this was a thing <laughs> um, but like so I I ordered it and in my head after that moment I was like it is a Switch, Switch yep. with my Steam library yep. and it has like an extra Linux booter thing yeah and I was talking about this with other game devs, and they thought I was like being really weird when I was saying this. Is that I was like, I can't wait to switch into the Linux mode and try to run Unity, mm. um, and just like try to build a game on it, and then also just like play the test game on the same thing. And they're like, that's dumb. Just make it on your computer, and then just like plug plug the Steam Deck in and load it on there. Like, why would you want to do that? And I'm like. Yeah, you're probably right, but I still I've already gone back. I've already reverted to I can't wait to load Unity on my Steam Deck. But um more power to you, Adam. Yeah, let, so let me know I, how it goes. <laughs> I will. And I, it's probably going to go terribly, but um all of those features that you're listing are like things that I was like that's awesome. That's mm. awesome. I mm. love that. Touchscreen, cool. I won't have to have a mouse. And now it's like cuz like um what is it? World ends with you uh, uh what are they For Switch? There, there's yeah, for Switch, there's a the, subtitle on it that I can't remake remember. or whatever. It, it's like fi- Final Remix. Yeah, I think. some Square yeah. Enix style um, subtitle. So you you can play that. That one has a neat thing where you can play it with the Joy Cons, and I actually do kind of like it. Um, huh. Where like a pointer? Yeah, huh. it's it's like a, it's like you're using like a pointer, like you're giving a presentation. Um, so you just kind of aim the not the not the trigger, but the bumper mm-hmm. um, at the screen in certain places once you've calibrated it. And it's like, that's neat. But also, when I want to have an easy time, I will just play it in mobile mode and rub my finger along the screen mm-hmm. um, to do the stuff. Um, in this in this case, uh, like, that's, like, touchscreens are great for point-and-click stuff, right? Like, a point-and-click adventure is, like, that is my, my ultimate kind of... My, my thoughts when I saw mobile gaming in the first place was, this should be used for point-and-click adventures and Diablo. Mm. Um, is what you should be playing on tablets and phones. Is that's that's the the ideal. And then Angry Birds was phones, invented, and I you? was like, I'm I'm what? You people have phones, don't you? Yeah, the thing the thing that was really like I I can't I, I forgot about that completely when I was saying Diablo just now. Um, sorry, I have to sneeze for one sec. That's okay. Uh, what was it? Oh yeah, you people have phones, don't you? Like I can't I for, I completely forgot that happened mm-hmm. when I was saying like Diablo should be on phones just now. So, um. Yeah, I there's somewhere an audience is booing and they don't know why. <laughs> why are you um, booing? I'm right. <laughs> yeah, but it is it is a good platform for it. I think it's I think, you know what I, I I don't think the booing and stuff and the reaction to Diablo is it immortal or eternal or something? I don't know some something. <laughs> yeah, Diab- Diablo for iOS uh, is yeah a big part of the a big part of Gotcha Diablo's uh, reaction was just that like. 
people were expecting Diablo 4, I think, mm-hmm. was the big yeah. thing, was that they were building it up and up and up, and then they had this, like, diehard audience of fans for a game that has always been on PC, mm-hmm. and then they showed them a mobile game and nothing else, mm-hmm. and that was kind of, I think that's the main reason. that It's not that, that, like, people are like, you can't do hack and slash top-down, you know, loot games on... Uh, on on mobile that's terrible you're diluting the genre or something like that it's like no it's 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 because they felt like they got a bait and switch and also like a mo i don't think anybody's saying like you can't do a mobile diablo but those people were not there for a mobile no it's like it's like when they announced dota artifact at the international thing and you just heard like three thousand people all go ah at the same time because everyone who's at the most popular dota event in the world is obviously the most hardcore dota players who want more dota content on the platform they play it on uh yeah it's it's a mismatch of the announcement for the worst part like i get why the people at blizzard were like oh we'll announce the diablo game at blizzcon because that's where all the diablo fans are like i get how a, a, a boardroom of overpaid execs who don't really do a lot of work would see that as like a good idea um but then in reality it's just clearly demonstrating the top-down misunderstanding of the audience and expectations yeah yeah and so um the big my big takeaway uh from a developer perspective especially as an indie dev so Mm -hmm. like because if you're an indie dev you have to think a lot more about marketing and messaging than Mm -hmm. maybe somebody who works in a studio and is just like i'm a programmer i don't think about the public you know Mm -hmm. um but like so for me, my big takeaway, and I'm glad you mentioned the Dota one as well, because my big takeaway from the Diablo and the Dota uh, mobile reactions was people are there for your game, but you have to remember that your game is like, it's it, you know, there's that concept of like ludonarrative dissonance. Mm-hmm. So my, my favorite game, trophy in Uncharted 4. <laughs> yeah. Your game isn't just your IP though. Mm. Right. So they're like, people love Dota and they're thinking of Dota as like, they love the champions and they love the, you know, the, the minions and they love the, the, the way you play it. It's like, not the way you play it. They're not thinking of the mechanics. They're not thinking of the way you play it. And so they're like, this will go well because we're going to tell them about a new Dota game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but that's not the game those people want to play. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to, and that's, so this is going to cir- circle back to something I said earlier. Do your own directs because you could then put out a statement of like, hey, um, it, 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 separately from the international, you could get a bunch of eyes on it, and those eyes aren't going to be feeling let down. Assuming gonna be... something other than a mobile game is announced there, I think. Yeah, like, you should like if Diablo your... Immortal is announced at the same BlizzCon as Diablo 4, uh, yeah. that would be a different story. But Yeah, it's... nobody would nobody would have... Ca- like, the, no. <laughs> the, worst, the worst reaction they would have got was indifference. Yeah. As opposed to outright animosity. Yes. Like the fans asking questions at BlizzCon were making fun of and berating the people on stage trying to answer yeah. them. <laughs> like, I just, uh, I can't believe, like, it's one of those things that, like, do you guys not have phones? Is one of those things that I think about when I'm like, community managers are very important. Yes. <laughs> you should have a community manager. because uh, yes. Because if somebody is like, because back against the wall, if I'm like, if I've gone up on a stage and I'm making an announcement and I'm expecting it to go well and everybody's reacting badly, um, if I haven't already broken down and like started crying in the fetal position on the stage, um, the and just vomiting everywhere, um, it's just, uh, if 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 that's happened and somebody like, it's like I like to think I'm a level-headed guy, but if somebody mm-hmm. says 
like you never know what's going to set you off and if somebody makes one certain remark about it that's like a joke and i'm like already kind of getting slagged off by this audience a bunch mm-hmm. i am liable to say something that a community manager would know not to <laughs> like <laughs> don't you people have phones yeah like don't you people have phones what's wrong with you <laughs> anyway let me t- yeah. let me tell you about a couple more games adam i i yeah sorry i, I jumped into hard space shipbreaker which w- was one of the runners up in our poll last year for Ooh, yeah uh, that's a vancouver best right? canadian game by blackbird interactive in vancouver yeah. uh it's good. It's a. Uh, it's it's weird because the it's a first person. Um, you can make it more intense if you want. Like you can disable your oxygen supply or enable it if you want to have another thing to think about. Um, but you're basically. Uh, are you, oh, what was that Vita game where your your prison sentence is like thousands and thousands of years? And uh, oh, man, Steve would know it if he was here. But there's I don't this... know it. But you know what? I I know it, but I'm not going to say it. Really? Okay. No, I don't know it. It's like that, but now you have a debt to like it, it's set in the future. Uh, the the world has moved into space, and all of the problems with with capitalism have moved into space with it. And so you play for this corporation uh, who breaks down old ships and like reuses yep. the parts, and and it's a lot of like a lot of worker humor that I think we would both recognize from a lot of left leftist Twitter. It's a lot of um, sort of like you got to laugh about it or you'll cry about it situations. Like uh, one of the mechanics in the game is every time you die, hundreds of thousands of credits are added to your uh, debt to like resuscitate you, but it's really a clone of you. And then it gets into uh, like after how many copies of yourself, is it even you anymore? Um, But what you're doing is using these two tools, like one that moves things around in zero G and one that like makes cuts in metal uh, to sort of take apart ships and like toss them into different uh, processors that are sort of off to the side of like this bay, the old ship is docked in. Um, and you, and as the game goes, you have to be more careful of like if a certain area is pressurized and you make a cut, all that pressure will leave and knock you away. Um, but yeah. all while this is happening, there's like kind of a guy on the, I forget his name, headset sort of walking you through it who has like a southern drawl almost. Uh, and there's like bluegrass music playing as you're floating above earth on the space station disassembling spaceships. Um, and it has a very like early 20th century coal miner uh feel but you're you're disassembling spaceships hundreds of years in the future as you like like the the company town has moved to space you know yeah yeah that's yeah very company town vibes and i do love if you're if, if this game sounds very stressful to you um they have you can turn off things like running out of oxygen yeah yeah um and so it's that that was something that sold me on it because i was at the time that I was looking into playing it, I was like, I don't want something... Like, this sounds really cool, but I also don't want to feel more nerve-wracked than I already do at work at the moment. Yeah. So so it's probably going to be a no. And then somebody pointed out to me, um, "There's you can turn off the oxygen. I was like, okay, cool. Cool, yeah. I'm going to get it. The, um, the, the, there's a lot of great world building in the game. Like, I don't read emails in games. I don't. I'm sorry. I know people spend a lot of time on them and write them. And it's often like the only way to shoehorn narrative into a game uh, yeah. is through that. But the, the emails and posters and uh, messages the company sends you are all very funny in that same, like, you got to laugh about it or you'll cry about it. Uh, yeah. Away. And the, you, you uh, sort of, you have like a room on this spaceship company town um 
that you can personalize in quotes a little bit or like choose different company posters to put on the wall and uh yeah it's great i, I really like hard space i see why it, it did so well in our polls last year and it'll still be in the polls this year for best ongoing game it might win my vote actually uh but yeah love it a lot is um and and just to just to it's not a canadian game and it's not a canadian developer it's it's an american guy so um, they have different studios but as i understand it blackbird is a is a vancouver like whole oh yes yeah sorry no i was just i was pivoting a little bit um, oh to your next gotcha gotcha got you. yeah sorry I, it's just sort of an aside um is that there's a there's a guy who does writing um, doc yeah, Doc. He wrote on Hard Space, and uh, Adios is a great game. Adios is on on my top ten for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Twenty twenty one. It was. It, it's really good, and like if you haven't played it and you're listening to this, you should play it. It's it's very. You can finish it. It's basically like it's basically the time investment is like watching a movie, and the emotional investment is like at least six months. Um, so yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. yeah. So that's 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 my plug. Is that yeah? Doc, Doc worked on Doc's uh, good. Space. Follow, He's a great read writer. It, read his NFT article too, if you haven't. Yet. Yeah, read his NFT article if you want to um, take take it, set I, aside yeah. set aside all of the environmental ish concerns people have with NFTs, which you shouldn't. And just considering no. NFTs is about what would it add to a game and why why would a game developer want to implement them? Uh, Doc has thoroughly broken down why you shouldn't and why it's bad for games and why they're they're a bubble that should pop uh last year yeah yeah and just for just for um anybody who is listening and who is like i have an idea for an nft game don't yeah don't 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 um, email don't, us either I swear don't, that's I, that's the thing that i've been hearing from so many other developers as well is i keep getting approached by people who want advice on how to work on an nft game mm-hmm. and i'm no longer like I'm no like initially I was like gentle with them and I was mm-hmm. trying to be like hey you know like this is probably a bad idea or like I don't think you should do this and now it's just like I just say no no like, you I'm should just even, send them not even send them consult. the doc article that's what you should do yeah you should you should oh, man. you should just be like this is a bad idea nobody should do it you should walk to the <laughs> nearest large body of water to you with your computer and throw it in it is what you should yeah. do yeah um, yeah and that's crypto in general just to just to spin off of that real quick is one of those things that like leaving aside the environmental impact mm-hmm. it because like it's one of those things where if you have a really cool technology with a bad environmental impact you can usually a lot of the time people will be able to put themselves in a headspace of we will resolve the other part of it because it's worth it mm-hmm. right crypto's not worth it no <laughs> it's 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 like in terms of uh the initial like bitcoin kind of white paper going on about like hey look we've got this um well, people like, people forget like the reason you held crypto early on was to buy illegal things on the internet, like child oh, porn yeah, and sex slaves. Like that's yeah. why this technology was developed is so you couldn't track the money people were spending on horrendous Specifically things. Specifically for Silk Road, mm. right? And like the other thing though is that like I, I don't think the initial inventors even really wanted it to be adopted much. No. Um, like I think because nobody people will talk about how like nobody knows who satoshi is or whatever or and where he went because he just vanished mm-hmm. and it's like yeah because he's probably like wow this is not what i wanted wow i made i made like, the number one currency of <coughs> predators that sucks well that's the thing right and it's like the um the idea of cryptocurrency in general is like it's kind of a neat technology because it's like somebody found a way around 
the double charge problem that doesn't require a trusted third party. Mm-hmm. That and so as as a theoretical thing, it's like that's interesting and it does neat math to establish consensus. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, it's kind of like a neat little idea. And then uh, as with everything capitalism has taken it and ruined the world. Mm-hmm. So um that's the thing with crypto is that it's like it's a neat it's a neat concept. That's all it should be. That transitions well into another thing I played from a Canadian studio. Uh Coalition in Vancouver co-developed the Matrix Unreal Engine 5. Oh, uh, it's free on PlayStation five and series SX. I played it. Uh, and I mentioned this on the two podcasts ago. I wanted to play it specifically with my parents while they were down. Cause we were all going to see the matrix together. Uh, yeah. and this demo is great. It's very funny. Um, it's of course gorgeous. Cause I believe it's the first unreal engine five piece of software yes. on next gen. And uh, my understanding is that all of the assets in it will be available. Yes. Um, yeah. Like buildings, as, as cars, props, 5. uh, Kino Reeves, uh, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if he's actually in it, but it, it's very funny. It's very self-aware in the same way Matrix Resurrections is. Like they they name check Warner Brothers at one time. Neo looks the screen and he's like, "Never trust marketing." Uh, like it, like <laughs> it, it's playing with the themes of the Matrix and, and like and using the it, it, it's telling it's continuing the story of the matrix in a video game. Um, and we call, like cross media storytelling or transmedia storytelling, uh, in a way that feels genuine to those movies and their sort mm-hmm. of disrespect for the system they release in. And especially matrix resurrection sort of contempt for its forced existence at the hand of Warner brothers and, and stakeholders. Uh, and, and this demo plays with that a little bit. Um, it's also kind of just a dumb time crisis on, on rails point and shoot thing. Uh, and then after you beat the demo, you can just uh, sort of fly around the city. Yeah. And, and yeah. Look, well, there's like different, it's the sort of the city from, it's the matrix city from like one and a couple other ones. I, I have a hard time keeping sense of my space in the matrix, which I think is on purpose, but it's a great demo. Yeah. I love it. It's funny. Uh, Keena Reeves and Carrie and Moss are uh, voicing yeah. it. And it is written by uh, Lena Wachowski. Um, so lots of reasons to check it out and it's free. So yeah, definitely check that one out. Made in is Canada. It? Is it Lena, not Lana? Is it Lana or Lena? L-A-N-A. I say, wait, Lana would be two N's, right? I don't know. I, we'll go that, with Lena. I had, always, I had always thought it was Lana, so Lena. I'll, I, I will say Lena now. I think um, so. I don't know, though. You've changed my life. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I, the demo is really cool. I mean, it's not a demo. It's, it's the full experience. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, with regards to the movie, quick question. So is it, is it a standalone film, then? No, Matrix Resurrections takes place 20 years after the Matrix, you know? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, but is it like... So when I saw that they were making the Matrix Resurrections, mm-hmm. my immediate assumption was they're starting a new trilogy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, they open it up at the end for, like, there's there's boss... There's, there's antagonists who are now loose, uh, and it, it very much sets up the same way Matrix 1, 1999, uh, ended with Neo getting his powers looking up and taking off yeah you know they they set up a new antagonist and new abilities and directions for characters in the same way like there are parallels um i don't think it's doing commercially as well as they want it to so that will ultimately decide whether we do get the sequel but they've left it open one thing that's very interesting in retrospect about the matrix stuff because like you know back before um the the uh before the the when it was coming out mm-hmm. um something that people have pointed out is like it's very much there's a lot in there about like the the trans experience mm-hmm. 
that I never would have picked up on because just like I wouldn't have. But mm-hmm. so like one thing that immediately jumps out at me is like thinking back on it every time he says Mr. Anderson it's like oh he's dead naming somebody. Mm. Like that's that's a yeah. thing that he's or doing like, over and over. Or like the things they again. say in that movie about like use your eyes for the first time. Like or like he's like why do my yeah. eyes hurt when he gets out of the the matrix and he's like it's cuz you're seeing for the first time. It's like you're actually yeah. experiencing life the way you were meant to for the first time. Yeah. And that's that's like that's the kind of thing of because there's a there is like a universality to realizing that there was like a false narrative or that you're not who you thought you were. Yeah, I, think I mean, you could read it. Everybody as a... can kind of access that from. But knowing now, you know, um, what the what the Wachowski's kind of personal journey was, mm-hmm. it's very it's it's just it's it's it really it, it really it adds a layer to those to those films that makes it very deeply impactful in another way than it was already i think mm-hmm. the, and i just the, anyway it's so i don't really have much more to say about it than just that it adds that impact but that i i, I thought it was worth noting that it does mm. um, i agree you know yeah a couple other Canadian games i played blood roots from paper cult games uh in montreal uh it's a 3d really fun viking i guess not really yeah, Viking action platformer type thing uh, with like Persona 5 style kill animations. Like, you know, where the whole screen Ooh. goes red, except for some like slight motion graphics as like the enemy dies in the background. Oh, and, like, yeah, characters the, yeah. In the foreground, looking at the camera, there's stuff like that. Uh, it's actually a really yeah. brutal story. You're like kind of like the last of this clan and you're just going on a John Wick style revenge campaign. Uh, oh, but okay. it's kind of doing the same thing Going Under did where everything in the environment is kind of a weapon. Uh, where like in Going Under, oh. you could pick up a potted cactus or a broomstick and hit someone with it. Uh, if you see a barrel and an axe stuck in a tree, you can grab the axe and then hop on the barrel and r- sort of roll run the barrel into somebody and then kick the barrel into someone else and then kill someone else with the axe. It's great. I like it. Um, blood roots it's on everything uh, and lastly I want to just not highlight on a bummer but I did try to play the Square Enix Montreal uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game on my PlayStation 5 and immediately it bugged out on me where oh. at one point characters are like talking to you over a radio and you can see the character portrait with like the radio sound wave in like the top right that would come yeah. up on the screen and then there would be no audio and then my character would say something back as if someone had just said a line. I was like, oh, I, I bugged this. So I tried like closing the game, restarting, uh, still there. I tried, there's no loading earlier saves. Hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, I have to actually restart the game and that the bug might still not go away. So I'm just cursed when it comes to games too. Like, like I tell Steve all the time, like I have the worst experience with a lot of AAA games on, on consoles. That's uh, weird. Jedi Fallen um, Order um, broke okay. to me. Halo Infinite's been breaking for me. Uh, control was unplayable for large sections. Uh, so it, it's a curse I have, but let everyone know, Guardians of the Galaxy had a very bad first impression for me. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't get a bad first impression from it, but I did run into some glitches. Mm. Um, what were you playing I finished on? Guardi- I finished the game recently, nice. and I loved it. It good. was so good, I would highly recommend it. Um, I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back. I definitely had one thing that recur that was recurring for me was uh, uh, Groot's audio would just vanish. Huh. So, so that's similar to my bug. Yeah. So like as I was going through certain portions of the game, because there's like a a, a banter system mm-hmm. where the team will just be talking as you're moving through environments, and then you get like options to reply and stuff. And so we would be moving around, and then Rocket would just start explaining something completely unprompted. Mm. Um. And 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 
so that was supposed to be because Groot had just said, I am Groot, and, he, and then he's replying to it. But it really, it wasn't, it was one of those things that was, when I initially realized what was happening, I was like, oh, that's like the lowest stakes character to lose audio on. Mm-hmm. But then I was also sitting there like, that is that funny. No, times. that's funny. <laughs> after, after it happened a couple times, I was like, this is jarring. Like, it, it, I need him to say I am yes. Groot. For the for the game for the conversation to make sense, and you wouldn't expect that to be the case, but but I do. I need it. I need Groot to talk. Mm. We all need Groot and, to talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just I, I really love the game. It's got a cool, it's got a really cool mechanic for. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the huddle mechanic. No. Um, oh from, no, I, so, I saw it from E three. Like you group up and then he plays a song and everyone goes super. super yeah, singing, and right? the and the soundtrack is really great. Uh, it's Twitch Killer, but the soundtrack is really great. Rick Astley's uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up" is on there, I think. Yeah, and so in, I was in the middle of a huge boss fight, um, having a really hard time getting my ass handed to me. Did a huddle, and then Bobby McFerrin's "Don't Worry, Be Happy" comes oh, on. Oh come on! And I'm just like floating around the scene with my jet boots, blasting at people while it's like, "Don't worry." Suddenly, I suddenly I can't be whistle. Be happy, but, you know it's like ooh. ooh, ooh. Oh, I know. Like, my my grandpa had a, that trout on the wall, Adam. I pushed the button. Yeah. I heard the song. Yeah, don't worry, be happy. Good stuff. Anyway, yeah. So I would. It is. It's Idos Montreal, mm-hmm. and it's the only. Great. Or, I think no one of two Canadian winners from the Game Awards last year. Uh, yeah. What was so, the other one? Uh, Age of Empires Four won Best Strategy from Relic in Vancouver. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's an interesting shift happening um, in Canada where, like, all of these studios are in Montreal now. Where mm-hmm. before, if you had mentioned Canadian game dev scene, I immediately thought Vancouver. Mm. And that's like Vancouver still has a very active and thriving scene, but Montreal is blowing up like huge. Like now, if you if you were to say like what's like what's video games is like Canadian Hollywood, I would be like Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. 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 Um, Shout out to Warframe. London has one big studio. Hey, uh, you've got um a couple. You've got a couple. Don't don't count. We've got, show yourself. Short. So we've got we've got so our our big kind of triple A like studio is is Digital Extremes. Digital Extremes, yeah. And then we've also got like Big Vi- Big Viking is a is a pretty big player in the mobile space. I think Blue Bubble. Big um, Blue Bubble. The Big Blue Bubble is also they do my singing monsters and um, uh, Forgon, which everyone should check out too. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, I, I had forgotten about that one. Um, a lot of people did, but, but it's good. I, I know that I know that my singing monsters also had like a recent Kickstarter for like a board game. I think. I think they're doing. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely. It's like board game or card game or something that went really well. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then we also have. Um, oh, what is? It? We have a bunch of little companies. Uh, one that's really awesome that I also backed on Kickstarter is Crowsworn. Yes, from at, that I, I interviewed that dev when I oh well, nice before I joined the site they did a game called uh, Unworthy which I played yeah and it was pitched as a Metroidvania without Metroidvania Souls like without jumping was the pitch uh, I was like what yeah. the heck and so I wanted to talk to him about that Alexander uh, Eastern European last name but yes uh, <laughs> but yeah Crowsworn we've covered a bit on the show as one of like the biggest Canadian Kickstarters in a while. Uh, and yeah, it's one of them's in London, one of them's in Toronto, I think, or they're both in London. I th- I don't know. The studio is listed as being uh, London on like Kickstarter and and on their account. It's like um, Crowsworn, and it's from. Uh, uh, hold on, I remember. I, I'm gonna remember the name. I'm actually they, going to remember the name. They changed the name of the studio from like once uh, he started doing this next project, Mongoose Rodeo. 
Yeah, Mongoose yeah. Rodeo, and they're uh, the it's Alex Kusmanovich. There we go. Uh, is is the is the lead? I think the lead. He's the Londoner. Uh, I don't know if he's the lead or just like one of a partnership type thing, but mm-hmm. he's uh, he's in London and he's, he's he seems pretty cool. Um, I want him. I want him to be my dad. Uh, but uh, that's yeah. So, um, it's it that one looks really good. It it's like it it looks like. Uh, you know, a less cartoon. In a lot of ways, it's a less cartoony kind of Hollow Knight vibe. Yes, but it's also like the the um, there's a lot more animation frames to it than Hollow Knight had. I think mm-hmm. in terms of what they're doing, and it's just so so cool. And like I'm, I'm I it's one of those things where I, I feel bad mentioning that it's like saying like oh it's like Hollow Knight because it's like no it's it's super unique. Mm-hmm. So like Hollow Knight's a good frame of reference, but. I'm not it's not like a clone. It's mm-hmm. it's very well drawn and it's got so many animation frames and it's like super ambitious and I am pulling for Mongoose Rodeo so hard cuz it looks amazing. Same. And also yeah, it's it's just yeah, it, it's it's awesome and they deserve all the money they got and more. Good. Um give yeah. money to Canadian developers. That's a good way to wrap it up, Adam. I like that. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for coming on what is probably the longest episode of the com podcast ever, which is fine with me, and Steve might listen to it. He might not. Uh, if you're still with us, yeah. thank you so much. This has been episode number 205. Uh, if you want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs. Backing you will get you early access to the show, discounts for Canadian gaming events like EGLX, uh, game giveaways every month. And if you back us at $5 or higher, we want to thank you at the end of every episode as accredited patron like these lovely folks. Thank you so much, Aaron McLeod, Canuck Play David Winter, Daniel Miller, David Nagy, Dugsy, Eric Beer, Eleanor, Elizabeth Avery, Gene Leggett, Kai Hutchins, Meow the Leon, Nicholas A. Zorko, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, Stacey H., and Javier Aguila. Leave us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. What do you listen to podcasts on, Adam? Uh, I tend to go with either Google or Spotify or mm. just like a browser. They don't have um, reviews on Spotify, do they? I, no, I think they do. They have, I you don't can, you know. Can, so you can't review... You can give a five star to an app. You can give a, a, a score out of five, but you can't do anything else. Um, I don't know about yeah, Google. I've I, never used Google Podcasts. I have never really had Apple products, so probably for like the best. I don't. I don't really <laughs> use iTunes. Um, I have. A, I mean, I have a Mac Mini that I hmm. got specifically um, for learning uh, to, to use OSX when I took a, a job using OSX, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, like on my work machine, and then. Um, I also got it to like, that was a backdoor to being like, Oh, and now I can do Mac builds. Um, and I guess I actually, I do have like an iPad mini two somewhere that I had planned to use as a testing machine. Um, but again, it's like older and they're so expensive, man. I just can't. It's it's true. Whenever I think about like, should I try Mac stuff? It's like, I look at the price tag and I'm like, Nope. It's like $250 uh, <laughs> per wheel for their new iMac. Um, yeah. I, it's yeah. It's just, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you were trying to rap, and I think I have spun us off in another direction. That's but, okay. No, I appreciate uh, it. Whatever. Uh, I, yeah, I don't. I listen to podcasts, but now that you mention it, I don't know how. I think they just end up in your. In your I think brain. Spotify, because yeah, Spotify is where I listen to things like Bad Vibes, and mm. that, so, which is also uh, a Canadian guy. I think it's. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's Bad Vibes. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's almost like creepy stories. Um, okay. If you remember YTV's creepy stories, I do actually, um, or like Tales from the Crypt Keeper type thing. I actually just um, watched that movie for the first time last year. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of like that. It's um, uh, a guy named Justin McElroy from uh, from Vancouver. 
uh, does it. Wait, and, and, there's a reporter named Justin McElroy from Vancouver. I think it's the same guy. I mean, wow. I mean, I, unless unless I'm way off based and it's like it's just somebody who happens to be Justin McElroy and he doesn't even live in Canada. Mm-hmm. I like. There's also I'm, Justin I, I, McElroy of the McElroy brothers Polygon uh, fame adventures. Oh. Zone. Yeah, a whole it's other. not that guy. Okay, yeah, I assumed, I assumed, because they're doing their own thing. Um, but yeah, Adam, where can people find you if you want them to? Oh, uh, well, if you wanted to follow me on Twitter, I'm uh, Adam Boyce Four at Adam Boyce Four. Uh, Link in the show notes. C E and uh, yeah, I have a um, a website that is currently blank because I took everything off of it, uh, planning to redo it, and then. I just don't have anything to put up at the moment. Um, nice. But I'm going to be launching a dev blog on itch. Uh, and I'll probably just, I'll probably just redirect the URL to my itch page. Now that I think about it. Nice. Um, so it's uh, gameovertures.itch.io. It's a good name. Thank you. I, again, puns are like the pinnacle of comedy to me. Oh, so I just got it. If, Whoa. if I can work a pun into it. Yeah. So the, wow, the I, is, I didn't like, I liked it before I, I realized the pun. So that's a good sign. So the splash screen, if you ever play... There's a game uh, that I made that I think might be broken at the moment, and I need to work on a patch. There's a game called Motel 666. Nice. um, That uh, was initially for a game jam, and then it's been in some bundles and stuff. Um, It's All of the games on that itch page are free or pay what you want, so don't feel intimidated to to look, um, (laughs) because I'm not expecting to make money off them. Mm -hmm. But uh, Motel 666 has a splash screen at the start, that I was experimenting with where it, it, when you launch it game over comes up in the, in the company font. that's like, duh, 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 with a, with a physical <laughs> chip doing thing. And then there's a brief pause and then some other music, the actual menu music kicks in and the, the T U R E S fades in at the end. Good. Um, so I'm very, I'm big on puns. Good. Basically all of this is to say, I will spend an inexorbitant amount of time making a splash screen because I like puns. Nice. <laughs> So if you want to check more of that out, links to Adam's stuff in the show notes. And we will be back next week with, I think our polls will be closed by then. If not, there'll be another week. I don't know how we're doing it. I'm after this call, I'm going to finish the polls and post them. There's a lot of games uh, and, and we don't do a good job of like cataloging the games as we cover them throughout the year. So I just go back through our coverage (laughs) and like pull out the games and I'm going to miss some. So I also added like an option to like submit a game. And if I verify it's Canadian, I'll add it to the list, but yeah, that that's coming. And next year we might just have to do like a short list top 10. Like, I don't know, maybe what was your favorite game of the year? And then you submit a game and I just take the top 10 and then we all vote on them. But yeah, this might be the last year of the massive list of a couple hundred games that no one wants to scroll through anyway. But uh, yeah, Yeah, it's the the list. When when you have big lists, it reaches a tipping point, right? It does. And we're there Um, because there's like hundreds of Canadian games releasing every year. Uh, But most importantly, support Canadian game devs on Patreon. Do it. And Canadian Game Dev Podcasts on Patreon. And, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, Canadian I got Game you. Yeah. Thank you, All Adam. Right. Thank you, Steve. Rest Thank in you. Peace. Thank you for having me. And, and uh, uh, welcome. Yeah. We'll see you, Steve Clone, when you when you get created. Indeed. Toodles. Bye. But Steve and I like to read the uh, quote of the day, which today is age is a case of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. Satchel Page. He's a baseball player. Aw. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't mind if I had pro baseball player money, but that's okay.
Well, uh, he was he was in the the Negro League, and he was an older player, so he didn't make much money. Oh well, huh. <laughs> the, the quote means more than I think. The baseball players of like the '40s and '50s and '60s and stuff are were in no way making bank. Yeah, making bank the way they, the pro athletes bank now. Like, but it's maybe, really fun. It's really odd to think of. You know, you retire <laughs> and then the sponsorship deals kick in. Mm. Yeah, it's like now. Now we want you on Wheaties, and he's like, "I'm 45, and I just had a colonoscopy." <laughs> like, did let's. Uh... Has Shaq made more money outside the NBA than inside the NBA? Shaq apparently, um, the rumor is Shaq has never spent any of his NBA earnings. Huh. He's only. It's all been like through business adventures and and uh, and sponsorships. Yeah, because like he's like NBA. Sprite and Radio General or. That's Apparently, the I think, he was in a fucking video game in the in the nineties. Like, well, is it Shaq? So first of all, Shaq Fu on Sega Genesis was oh, apparently yeah. the worst. Was apparently the worst oh. version. But let me tell you something. I rented it, it from Jumbo Video and I played. It, I and I love Jumbo it. Video. Do you know there's miss, still a Jumbo Video in London, Ontario? There is. I live here. And, oh, sick! Uh, it's with a half yeah. microplay, right? Yeah, it's half microplay, which also is all gone except for that one place. And there's, there's half a Jumbo Video. Um, and yeah, and it's, I remember though, like back, back in the day when, uh, so, okay, here's, here's, here's a little story about my youth that was weird. (laughs) I have family in Oshawa, Ontario, which is about like three hours away. It's on the opposite side of Toronto. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we went away. So there was a a radio station that we loved listening to called 103.1 The Hawk. And it was today's best rock, (laughs) 103.1 The Hawk. And then... We left for a weekend, and we came back, and it had become a classic rock station over that weekend. Huh. And I was, like, I think either 9 or 10 years old. And so that was, like, the first time something like that had happened to me. So it was, like, extremely jarring. It was, like, the idea the idea of, like, you drive your car down a highway, and, and at some point you pass <laughs> into a different universe, and you don't realize it. That's awesome. And so you come home, and it's just, like, playing all the classic rock that you like. And it's, like, that's not the Hawks' voice. What's going the, on? The hawk. Where but, did you go? And and What'd the reason, the hawk? reason. So the reason I'm bringing up. Um, so uh, you, you might enjoy. I have I have a, a strong case of the the ADHD. So mm. uh, a lot of my tangents will start at the end. Fair. Um, and then and then I'll like explain why too. I just told. Yeah, and and so I'll 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 tell you why I told that story after the fact. So why I told that story is because microplay came up. And back when the Hawk was a was a was a hard rock today's best rock station, mm-hmm. um, Microplay had an ad on it, and I was really into Warhammer at the time. And it came on, and they had this you know the the radio announcer voice, like the one that's like for Monster Trucks, where it's like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh yeah. Um, so this voice would come on, and it would be like Warhammer, <laughs> as well as like used video games, Warhammer. That's funny. And yeah, and so. I was like that. That radio announcement stood out to me as a kid because I was always just like, oh, "It's an adult talking about Warhammer, and he doesn't work at Games Workshop." <laughs> oh or, man, they, yeah. they have Games Workshop out here too. I was surprised. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. <laughs> I anyway. guess as far as like physical game stuff goes, like miniatures is miniatures will survive. You know, the digital uh, marketplace shift. Will it though? Unlike, will it? I don't know. Unlike triple. I mean, games? it's as a business. I don't know. As a thing that you can like three D print. Mm. Um, oh that, yeah, that seems pretty cool. Like the, the there's like um 
I don't think people make a ton of money on Thingiverse, but there's a thing called like My Maker Factory, mm. and um, they have a lot of like kickstarted miniature like things where you get um, you buy you buy a package, and instead of like somebody mailing you miniatures, you just get like a bunch of uh, STL files that you can then run through a resin printer, and you get like the oh. like you get really high quality. Like it's basically like somebody went into Blender or I mean. The people making money on it are probably using, like, ZBrush or something else, or, mm-hmm. or um, you know, they look sculpted, though, is what I'm trying to say, and, uh, I, although Blender, if, if you've used Blender 3 at all, the, the sculpting is, like, pretty great now, um, and, and, yeah, so they, they, uh, you know, they sell these sculpts of models, so you can get these, like, high, uh, high poly, high definition, like, really awesome looking, like, orcs and ogres and, and knights and, and stuff, but, like, you know, it's, so I think miniatures will survive. I'm skeptical that like we won't all if if any if you play tabletop war games, I imagine in the future you're going to find yourself with like public domain printers. space soldier <laughs> is mm, fighting. I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be more Sorry, like I want to I want to just interject here. We should I have to go in like 40 minutes. So we oh, should, we'll get this so. show on the road. Let's just roll right. into it. Hello oh, everyone. I'm, and is welcome. Is this not the show? The show is live. 